Tyler. Hello. Well, it's been a while, but what should we start with here? The Reddit bullshit? Yeah, sure. Fucking Reddit. <laughs> so they fucking... They're doing what Twitter did, which is like basically killing their API access or third-party apps via just making it so expensive that it's not feasible to even do it. <laughs> did you read? Which... Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I can't remember his name. That's The uh, Apollo dev? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read it and was just like, Okay, like here, here's where I'm at. It's one thing for Reddit to be like, we don't want third-party apps for financial reasons. Just come out and fucking say it. But for them to just keep doubling down on their bullshit is just like, <sighs> you're just making it worse. Like, just come out and say it. Like, rip the Band-Aid off and be like, yeah, we just don't want third-party apps. <laughs> Have you followed all the latest developments following... The CEO, Huffman's there, his AMA that he did. Yeah, which was a fucking shit show and a half. <laughs> yeah. So apparently there were lots of comments and questions that people posted that the overarching, over top tier uh, Reddit mods had changed their questions, like edited their comments, mm -hmm. which is super fucked up. Yep. But then because Huffman, a.k.a. Spez, has also been saying that uh, the Apollo dev was blackmailing them and trying to coerce them and all this other stuff. And they were basically like slandering him as a, as a person for doing all these <clears throat> sketchy things when Reddit was just trying to be super kind and work with him to, you know, find a solution so that Apollo could continue to exist. And then the Apollo dev comes out and he's like, here's the recorded phone calls yeah. I had along with the emails. <laughs> yeah, here's all the email chains. Here's the recorded phone call conversations. That is not how that went down. Yeah, which yeah. is spectacular. And like, which is fucking hilarious because like they just keep doubling down on it. Like Reddit, it's just like, and the dude's just like, here's the phone calls and the emails. Like, do you want to like point out like where all this happened? Because mm -hmm. I don't see it. <laughs> And then and for him like, to sit there and go like, mm, well, the phone calls that were leaked, they weren't leaked. He gave yeah. them up. It's and not illegal. It, it's within his dude, right to record. Yeah, the dude lives in Canada, and we have like a fucking one-party system for that, so. <laughs> so an absolute shit show, but yeah. I saw come June 30th, Reddit is fun, Bacon Reader, Apollo, uh, Relay. Pretty there, much all of them. There was another one that were indefinitely. Like they said, June 30th yeah. is the last day. We're shutting the app down on that day. And then the few stragglers like Sync and Narwhal and Joey, which is the one that I use. Right. They were like, at least with Joey anyway, I got a... In the app, it prompted me when I opened it up yesterday. <clears throat> asking me to take a survey as to how much I'd be willing to pay a right. month to continue to use his app as a premium service. And it was just like, would you pay $2, $3, $4, $10 just so he can get a feel of how it many, fits. yeah, how many of his users are willing to pay and if they're willing to pay how much. And then when I was going through all of the fucking shit show that was that AMA, that is when I learned that even if 
you pay the absolutely outlandish price to maintain your API access as a third-party app that Reddit is taking away not safe for work content. Yep, that's right. So only the there official some... Reddit app will be able to display not safe for work content. And there was one other thing too. It was that and I can't remember. There was one other thing. I, I can't remember. But it's like those two things wouldn't be pushed through the API, which is like, <laughs> all right. So even if you do have it, then you don't get all that content, right? So it's... Well, here's the thing. I saw a lot of people commenting like, oh man, I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> be able to look at like my porn subreddits that's honestly not what you need to be worried about it wasn't yeah. they that they were just gonna not push not safe for work porn or nude type stuff through third party that you could only see that in the actual app but anything all tagged not safe for work so we're talking entire subreddits that are just like you know adult conversations that mm -hmm. you will no longer be able to see on the third party app that you would be paying 10, 15, 20 dollars a month for. Yeah. You know, you think of like a post where it's like, hey, here's this like crazy police car chase, right? It's mm -hmm. usually marked not safe for work. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like an interesting thing to watch, you know, and it's like that you wouldn't even get that, right? You know, even you think like even some of the news, like when the Russia Ukraine war started, like seeing a lot of posts like that, like a lot of that was like if you're trying to get a sense of like what's going on with that, right? You wouldn't even be able to see a bunch of that stuff, right? Yeah. So it's like so, them talking about pricing and sustainability and all that other shit, despite the fact that it's been debunked several times over by multiple people now. Yeah. Like once you go, okay, well, maybe we can work with you at this exorbitant price, but we will not be allowing anything that is tagged not safe for work to go through the API to a third party app. Like that's how it's that's where it no longer becomes a question that Reddit is trying to kill all third-party apps and direct all traffic through their app yeah yeah like it's i wish they would have just came out and, and stated like hey we just want our app and we're gonna do this at least then i would like have like some morsel of respect for them to just come out and be like yeah we just want our app it's like all right it's your website and you just want your app but sure i don't like it and i won't use it but whatever at least you came out and said that but to just for them to just keep doubling down on all of this, like, no, we still support third parties and we still want to work with them. And it's just like, no, no, you don't. Yeah, well, many, many, many devs have since come forth, including, like, moderators who moderate multiple communities. And Reddit always says, oh, we're, we've been reaching out, we've been talking to the devs and the moderators and all this other stuff. And everyone is coming forth now going... No one's talked to me. Not since this this announcement was made months ago that this was going to potentially happen. Like, no one from Reddit has reached out to talk to me. And almost every dev of all the third-party apps, like Relay and Narwhal and all those other ones, they're all like, yeah, also, Reddit has not reached out to us. I've not spoken to Reddit. It sounds like about the only dev that actually spoke to Reddit was the Apollo dev. And my understanding is that he reached out to them. He reached out to... Uh... It seems like the only reason, like, they kept talking with him is because he reached out months ago. Like, when it was kind of, like, when the whispers of all this were kind of coming, he reached out. Cause it sounded like at the time he had a really good relationship with, like, the people over there and mm -hmm. actually talked with them quite regularly and, like, actually did stuff to, like, 
fix his app like so it ran better like it seemed like he had a at that point a really good relationship with them not so much anymore but it's but just, yeah it's just wild i yesterday i spent a good two hours looking over my uh alternatives yeah and it's like i don't know that there is any decent ones there is potential for some decent ones but they need community Right, and that's, are they going to get it, right? And it's like, and really, like, when you think about, like, everyone that's up in arms over this is, like, how much of that is the majority of the user base of Reddit? I don't know, right? Just because it's the loudest doesn't mean it's the majority, right? Exactly, right? You know, it's like, a great example of that is fucking, there was an article I read yesterday, and it was like, Oh, Netflix's like cancellation of sharing like soared their signups like through the roof, and it's like, yeah, of course, because like the people that bitch about it online are not the majority, right? It's mm-hmm. the majority of people are just like, oh, whatever, I gotta pay for Netflix now. Click, you know. But there are some decent alternatives out there, though, that I've seen. Like, I think the biggest two, and this is the other thing that I find hilarious, is someone is developing a a front-end UI, and they're basically calling it a Fediverse aggregator. I don't know how familiar you are with the Fediverse. Not very. Well, short story, and I'm going to butcher this, because a lot of it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, is basically it's a decentralized social platform. So you think of it as an email. In the Fediverse... There are different instances is what they call them, which is basically servers. Each one, think of it as an email client. So there's this instance, which is like Gmail, this instance, which is like Outlook. So you can join any instance. Whatever instance you join, you can talk to the other one. Right. So each instance, each email client you join has its own set of rules. And if you break those rules, they can kick you, ban you, boot you, whatever. But you can just move over to another instance, like just move over to a different email address and then you can still email back and forth. So that's like the short version that they all kind of try to use as an example of like what is going on with the Fediverse. It's similar to, uh, what is that Twitter alternative? uh, Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah. Mastodon is part of the Fediverse. Yeah. The long and short is you basically like self-host your username and then, like, he basically, someone else might self-host, like, a fucking R tech support. And then you could basically just be like, oh, I want to fucking engage with that. Right. Yeah, and so you can <clears throat> communicate with any instance. And then the beauty of it is that no one person controls everything. Yeah. See? And you can control the, so they call it, like, the Fediverse because they call it, the communication is being feder, federated. So if this instance is full of a bunch of like super alt-right neo-Nazi type fucking people, your instance can go, okay, those guys are shit. I don't want these to be here anymore. Yeah, they're not allowed (laughs) to talk to us anymore. It would effectively be like Gmail going, hey, Yahoo Mail is like savage. You can't see Yahoo Mail anymore. You can't send mail to Yahoo. And that's fine because you can just leave your instance and then move to Outlook, which does want to communicate with Yahoo kind of thing, right? Yeah. But from this has been a lot of like other stuff popping up. So the one that I am super keen and interested to keep following is called Kbin. Okay. <clears throat> and it's like a centralized Fediverse aggregator. 
So the mm. front page of it looks very similar to like Reddit circa 10 years ago. Sure. And you can go and search out topics. They call them magazines, but think of it as a subreddit. So you can go search out like r slash books, but it's, it's called a magazine and the magazine is called books. And then inside is all of your threads, but you can do this to any of the instances on the Fediverse. So you can go join this instances, you know, books subreddit. And if you don't like it, or there's not enough people there, then you can subscribe to a different r slash books from a different instance that maybe has more viewers and more engagement. And it aggregates it all onto your front page. Very similar to how the front page of Reddit looks. So you can comment on any of these post pictures, blah, blah, blah. You can upvote, you can downvote, you can save to read later, all of that stuff. And it just gives you a front end to put all of this stuff into. So yeah, it's, it's kind of impressive, but it's kind of super fucking confusing. Like they need to definitely streamline and make like a how to guide. And I think once they have that and hopefully I've seen on some of the actual subreddits that people are working on these how-to guides right now because strike while the iron's hot, right? Everyone's pissed yep. off at Reddit. If a large portion of Reddit users actually go <clears throat> and start using like this K-bin front end for the Fediverse, then it, it would be wildly successful because yep. it's, it's an older, like it's a bit of a dated look, but it's a Reddit <laughs> style look where you have your heading, you can have your flair, you post your thing and then everyone goes in and comments and they're collapsible comments. Like it's, it's really nice looking and a bunch of people have started the process of moving their subreddits over to Kbin. So if you go to Kbin right now <clears throat> and you go to look at all the different magazines as they call them, you'll see books, tech, politics, photos, explain like I'm five, all that kind of stuff. Right. It just doesn't have a mass user base yet because like I said, yep. it, it, it even for someone as <clears throat> techy as me, it took me it took me a little bit of time and some reading to understand first and foremost how this all works, and then yep. how to set it all up, and then how to use it so it reminds me of Reddit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I <clears throat> I saw a few comments of some people like very similar to us where they're like, hey, even like someone that is like kind of like good with this stuff, like it needs to be better and easier to like migrate to it or else people aren't going to go there. Right. So, well, and they're working on it and Reddit yeah. obviously knows they're working on it because one of the hot button topics in some of these posts I was looking at was that, uh, they made a subreddit called migrate to Kbin or Kbin oh, migration. Yeah. I saw that. And Reddit has permanently banned that subreddit already. Of course. Yeah. And of the, the interesting thing is it only had one post with three pinned comments and Reddit bammed it under the rule violation of spam. Yeah, I saw that. And it was just like, just come out and say it, Reddit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you're not fooling anyone. Like, just quit your bullshit and fucking come out and say it. Well, the interesting thing in all of this matter is like, this is all to bolster numbers and revenue. So that when they there, do go public in the next few months, they have a higher valued IPO. Yeah. That's the whole fucking game here. And I don't know if they're all just the dumbest like, group of people in the world, but when you're trying to like 
shine up your fucking turd and try to sell it to someone and go, Hey, this turd, this is, this is worth way more than five bucks. This is a $20 fucking golden turd here. Like I think pissing off your user base was a terrible way to go about it because the users is what makes Reddit money. So someone's going to come in and like, if this had all worked out, which I don't think there was any situation in the world where this would have played out the way they wanted it to. In their heads, they had that this is going to be fine and that either devs would pay it or they would force everyone back through the main app where they would make a boatload more money on all the tracking and advert tracking and just adverts in general on that main app and they get a higher valuation. And I think the result is, and again, you see lots of people say it, but the proof is in the pudding. They have to actually follow through on their fucking threats. But if you actually do see a bunch of Reddit's, come like June 30th when third-party apps die, genuinely delete their account. Reddit's, yeah. Reddit's in a world of trouble. Oh, yeah, and it'll be interesting because they're, like, a shit ton of the subreddits are doing that blackout thing too, right? And I think most of them now have moved to, like, it started as, like, hey, we're going to do, like, 48 hours, and I think most of them now have turned to, like, no, we're just going to do it indefinitely. So it'll be curious. I mean, Reddit will probably just fucking open them back up again and fuck do their thing but yeah well it's, just... it's it's a thing that happens with every tech company like before they go public i mean shit plex is a great example of this right like they've been adding features to plex the last year to make it more attractive because they are also going public right like that's why you they have things like that but they're also like not actively pissing off their user their large user base which is self-hosting content right because like they know that's also at the core of their business so it's like yeah yeah you don't want to get rid of the core that's that's for sure but it's also i don't know i feel like red reddit has or at least some of the upper management like the ceo are kind of like okay reddit's been allowed around long enough it's got a massive user base like you know we have the foundation, like our pillars are firmly cemented in the ground. We can start doing these changes because there's no alternative. And I think they're going to quickly find out that this is going to be just like the collapse of MySpace or Dig or FARC or all these different forum-esque sites that eventually crumbled because Reddit was better. As soon as someone comes up with something better and fucking hopefully decentralized like even though the fediverse is confusing as shit to me if you can have a decentralized platform where not one person or one small group gets to decide what everyone can do and can't do and can see and cannot see that's that's the next big shift and reddit will fall the way that dig did yeah totally it's executives just doubling down on like no 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 no. like this is totally a good idea and it's like the vast majority of their users are like, no, we don't want this. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And everyone's like, no, like, we don't want this. We will leave. And they're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. like, where are okay. you going to go? It's like, all right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Reddit being dumbasses. Yep. It's, it's, fa- it was, the fucking shitstorm that's been around this has been fucking hilariously fascinating to watch. They just fucking double down on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how no one 
like high, high above in that company has been like, okay, we need, we need Huffman to stand down here because he's just yeah. making this so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the thing is, is like right now it's technically still not like it's not public. So no. it's like, I don't No one can force him out. So it's like, even if someone was like, you should maybe like step back, he could probably just be like, well, fuck you. I'm not <laughs> right. Yeah, so, that's fair. Right. But yeah. It'll be curious to see what Reddit looks like in about a month. <laughs> well, I I know I had a few people. You, I think it was you the other day we were talking, and yeah. I've had a few other friends that have asked me if I'm going to quit Reddit. Can't say that I'm necessarily going to quit Reddit. I'll probably still randomly search things with Reddit attached at the end of my search because yeah, totally. That yields the best result. But I can tell yep. you that I absolutely hate Reddit's own app. Yep. I think it's absolutely garbage, and the ads I find are incredibly deceiving and intrusive. Yeah, they are. So I'm I'm not going to use that app. And if I don't have access to third-party apps, then that just means, oh, no, I'm not going to burn up three hours of my day browsing Reddit like I used to. I'll just take yeah. that time and do something productive. Yeah, totally. And, like, I've been I've been trying to use the mobile app, like, for about a week or something like that, just to try it out. I was like, well... And I'm like slowly growing to the conclusion that like, nah, no, I don't want this. <laughs> Reddit will just turn into like exactly what you said, where it's like, oh, if I'm looking up something for my server or NAS or something like that, it'll just be a search with Reddit at the end of it. And then I'll click that page and go like, okay, they, here's someone breaking down the problem I have too. Mm -hmm. right? And it'll just turn into that, which is kind of how it's always, like I've always, Reddit has always been like two kind of, things on a far spectrum for me like one is like i'm looking for a specific thing whether it's about a video game or something i'm doing on my server or a problem with a windows update or something and i want to find someone else that's had that problem or has done a specific thing and then there's the other aspect which is like oh i want to browse reddit and you know see what's going on in the different communities that i want to see right so yeah i'm just i'm gonna if my Third-party apps stop working. I'm going to get rid of them, just like I did when <clears throat> Twitter did this shit. Yeah. And pray to God that Kbin gets enough sign-ups and starts being the new takeover. That would be really, really nice. And other than that, I'm just going to delete Reddit off my phone and not use yeah, it unless much. I need to fucking search something. I'm just going to go back to, uh, like, news site aggregators that just scrape for yeah. RSS feeds. I'm just going to get my fucking news that way. Yeah, at that point, I've... I also saw some people on Reddit talking about this where they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to fucking an RS feed aggregate app where I can just sub subscribe to specific websites. And it's like, yeah, I might go back to that too. Well, most of the <laughs> posts I read are like off of websites. Like, <clears throat> yeah, sure. Sometimes you read a, someone's personal post, but yeah, I use Reddit as a source of news. So if yeah. it's just going to be someone, it's just convenient the way that they post it all there. I can just keep browsing it, but you know, if I yeah. sat down and actually put in the work for 30 minutes to set up all the RSS feeds and stuff like that into an, into a link aggregator kind of app, which there's many to choose from on iOS and, and Android. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, there's, uh, I scroll my news stories that way. There's one that I, I used a while ago, and I think it's on Android and iOS, but it's actually, you don't even actually have to, like, go out and find the RSS feeds yourself. Are you talking literally, Feedly? Like, yeah, where you basically just like search for the website and they're just like, do you want to add this? And it's like, yes, yeah. you know, and I it can also pull in, 
and it can also pull in social media too so it's like if you also if there's a a journalist on twitter that posts on twitter you can also pull that in by just being like oh ed username from x site so but yeah yeah let's see how it all pans out i guess over the coming weeks yep and right, what else we got here that apple event Mm-hmm. anything there that you saw that was like I, I i saw it and i was like there's really nothing there that i found too crazy other than well they confirmed that what is it the 15 inch macbook air mm-hmm. which okay yeah sure and it actually was reasonably priced too from the sounds of it so it's like okay that's a win if i ever upgrade from my macbook air i'll probably get the 15 yeah it was but. a pretty standard Kind of thing. There was another dumbass hand, their dumbass headset that's like fucking four grand. Ah, uh, yeah, thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> US. That's a pretty hefty price tag. So needless to say, we'll not be buying it. But no. I am happy that it exists. Yeah, I'm totally. Ha- I'm happy that this will get those naysayer VR esque people will be like, oh well, Apple made this new project. You guys ever heard of VR? Apple just released something called VR. And everyone else will be like, oh, yeah, no, we know we've been playing VR for years, but this will bring that whole other group in there, which will now bring competition, which will now bring, you know, creativity and what they can do. And I try never to buy a first iteration of an Apple product because usually a year later, their next cycle of it is infinitely better. I swear to God, every the first iteration of anything that Apple releases is always basically a expensive beta test. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, like, and well, even if this was like the second revision, that price tag is way out of my reach. But I do like what it can do if it actually delivers on it. The array of like LiDAR cameras and stuff like that for legit object and hand tracking and stuff. But I mean, the stuff that I would want to use it for, like browsing the internet or like blowing up a screen in front of me to watch Plex, like, I can do that on my MetaQuest. And it was literally like a 30th of the fucking price. Yeah, totally. And. Like, I don't think it's a consumer-level product right now. No. Right? You know, if, for it to be a consumer-level product, it needs to be, like, a thousand bucks. Right? It needs to be the cost of a phone. Right? You know, and it's... And, like, the videos I have seen, like, where people actually had hands-on with it, it seems like it actually works, like, exceptionally well at what it's doing. You know? But it's also, like, 3500 bucks. It's like, who's going to buy that? You know, it's like... I I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't I don't know either. But yeah. it it was cool. The only other thing that I thought was like pretty cool from the whole WWDC was that um like translation translation kind of like layer or app that they figured out kind of like Steam's Proton that you can play Windows games on oh, Linux. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. Apple's calling theirs that allows you to basically play windows stuff on on the mac with their m2 chips that was pretty impressive yeah and that's a big deal yeah and they came out and i think it's the company that uh does wine i think which is like i think it's just like a different kind of thing of proton almost i don't know but it's similar to proton like on the yeah very similar so and it uh i was trying to read it was 
someone actually came out and was like, hey, and like an M2 laptop chip, I think has similar performance to like, I can't remember what graphics card it was. Maybe it was like a, I, I can't remember, but it was, it wasn't crazy, but it was like. Decent enough. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. it was like. <clears throat> that's, that's the exciting part about this is if this translation layer starts working and now you're going to start giving people with like M2 or M2 ultra chips and laptops to play games at like a decent frame rate with like decent like graphical to, fidelity. Yeah. This is, this is a big game changer. Yeah, and I mean the resolution on a MacBook Air is what is it? Is it still 1080p? No, it's higher than that. Is it not by like, like a ton? But it is higher than that, if I recall correctly. But if you can boot up like a decently modern game and tack it down to medium settings and get 45 to 60 FPS, you know that's probably all right for most people, right? You no, know? oh for sure. It's not like. People buying those laptops aren't buying them to play games, right? You know, it's like, so. But if you can have one or two on there as you're, you know, traveling with it to just kill a couple of hours, then sure, right? Well, it opens the market. They're definitely going to sell more. Yeah. If people are like, oh, I can actually run these, like, Windows native-esque things through this translation layer and play them on the Mac, and it works really well. I think you're going to see a huge uptick in MacBooks because, like, let's let's just be fucking completely honest. The best-looking laptops on the market are the MacBooks. Yeah. The longest-lasting and the most durable laptops on the market are the fucking MacBooks. Totally. Like, totally. I know tons of people that get an HP or an Asus or a fucking Dell, and, like, they work good, but three, four years, they're showing their age. They're slowing down. They're not as handy. <laughs> My very first MacBook, I ran it for fucking 10 years straight. And when the day I finally got rid of it, it was still running like the day I fucking bought it, which is just wild. You don't see that anymore. No, unless you like actually like kind of rigorously take care of it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, totally. And most people aren't going to do that, right? You know? So yeah. I don't know if this was. I put this article in a long time ago, and I don't know if it actually got confirmed at that Apple event, but yeah. apparently iPhone's going to be able to digitally reproduce your voice, which I don't want that. I don't want that at all. That's creepy. It is creepy, but that's honestly the next step. Google's yeah. already got a, kind of got something like that going on where they can like auto-answer for you and stuff, and you can train a language, like an audio language model on it and stuff, so that if you're yeah. too busy, you can hit like AI fucking reply kind of thing. And someone will think that they're talking to you. I don't know. It's, it's a kind of a cool feature, but there's just the, how much privacy do you want to go with that? Because yeah. they'll have to record your voice saying multiple yeah. things and then that'll have to be stored. And now they have access to your voice and are they, is there going to be something in the fine print of the user agreement that states that they can, if you use your voice for this, that they can borrow your voice for other things like, yeah, and that's, like, on one hand, I'm like, that, in theory, that seems like it would be really cool to, like, fucking just play around with, and to, like, the tech nerd side of me, and then the other side is, like, the privacy thing, where it's like, oh, I don't want some fucking scammer having access to my voice that calls a fucking grandparent, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yo, e-transfer me money, and it sounds exactly like me, and they do it, right, you know, so it's like, that's a little bit too Black Mirror for me. Right. Mm, that's that's fair. So, 
I do like See there, there was one more feature that they announced that I thought was really cool once I read up on it. And that was the live trans transcription of your voicemails. Oh yeah. Because like right now, if you want visual voicemail through at least all the carriers up here, it's five to $7 to a month. You have to pay for it as an add on. Otherwise you just get normal fucking voicemail. But yeah. With Apple doing this, they're going to intercept the call through their servers before it actually goes to the telecom servers so they can transcribe it and you can read the voicemail in real time as it's fucking coming in and save it. And then from there, it'll get dumped to the carriers, which means everyone's about to save five bucks on their fucking phone bill because you're not going to need to pay TELUS for visual voicemail anymore. I don't even pay them for that. Well, I don't either, but... It is super handy. Like, there's been a few times where I've like renewed a phone and I just got it for free for a few months. Oh, uh, like sure. A, Here, try this feature out, and if you like it, you can add it to your plan. Right. And it's super convenient to be able to open up my phone, tap voicemail, and just read yeah. all my voicemails, and never even having to listen to them. Like I can, yeah. I can hit play right there in the app. I don't ever have to like connect and press one to listen to your voice message. Press seven to delete yeah. at the end. I could just see it read it, hit play if I wanted to hear the voice, hit delete right in the app, and then done. Yeah, it, it's certainly handy. Like, I've I've seen it used, and I want to say I got one of those trials at one point, but I, I was like, I'm not paying seven bucks a month, even though that's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of a phone bill, but I'm just like, nah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't think there's anything else at the Apple event where I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Other than, yeah. Yeah, that was about the gist of it from anything that I thought was important to take away. I'm sure there's other yeah. stuff that are important to other people, but those are the only ones that stood out to me. Yeah, same. What else we get here? Ooh, Yellowstone ending after season five. About fucking time. Yeah. So... They're gonna kill Kevin Costner, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Right, like he's he's totally dying. So it's yeah, I think it's about time. Because we, I think we've talked about it over these like the last two seasons, probably, where it's just kind of like what it's gone downhill. Yeah, it's just like gone or the, you know, the first three seasons of that show are pretty fucking good TV, you know, and then it slowly just kind of was like, what are we doing here? And, you know, it seems like they're doing some more spinoffs, which, mm. sure, like, I'll, I'll check them all out. Like, every time that guy does a spinoff, it's clear that's where his energy goes, and they're, you know, good, or whenever, whenever he does a new show, right? You know, so. Yeah, I can't I'll promise be... they'll check them out. It'll depend on when they're posted, because I didn't watch either of the prequel series. Right, yeah. Just, just wasn't interested, but. It'll be interesting to see what his new ones are and how they pan out. Yeah, and I'll be curious if um, we'll say if any of the spin-offs are going to be with like anyone from the show, maybe. I thought they were going to be post events, like instead of carry on with Yellowstone Core, it was end Yellowstone Core and then do a spin-off with like. The daughter and Rip, or a spinoff with Casey. Like they're going to continue the the main show, but you can't just call it 
Yellowstone if it doesn't have Kevin Costner because he is right Yellowstone, right? So right. I know one of the spinoffs is the about that other ranch where that kid goes. Oh yeah, the six 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 six. Yeah. Which sure okay, but it doesn't look like they've actually said what the other spinoffs are. So I mean. I think one of them, this was a rumor a while back, but I think one of them is like Matthew McConaughey's doing one, which like, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, why not? I'll, che- I'll check that out. Why not? Matthew McConaughey, do some TV. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, it's probably time for the show to end. Yes, I agree. So, because I, I think it was where we both kind of like said this was like, and because they did that stupid fucking split for this season, like the first half of whatever is it season four that we're on, or I can't remember. I don't remember either, but yes. But I think when it ended, we were both like, uh, like, should this be it? Because <laughs> none of this was really good. No, but, it's been a not great season, GBH. Yeah. yeah. Also, speaking of westerns, I guess. They're going to try to turn the Blood Meridian into a movie, which has been attempted a lot. And I'm not familiar pe- with that. And people say it is, every time it has come up, it is, everyone always says it's unfilmable. And as someone that has read that book, I would agree. What is it? <laughs> Why? What makes it unfilmable? Uh, because of how graphic it is. So the premise is basically it's a bunch of like western people that get hired to basically scalp fucking natives is what it is so it's back in those days and they get and that's it kind of follows this young character as he kind of gets i guess put into that scenario okay and it's um and yeah there's just like when people talk about it being unfilmable, it's because like there's scenes in that book where you're just like, no one's ever gonna put that on screen. No one's ever gonna show some guy scalping a baby. <laughs> like, mm, no one's gonna put that. No one's gonna put that on screen. You know, it's like, so yeah. But I'll be curious because <clears throat> another book from Cormac McCarthy, The Road was turned into a movie that was actually very well received and it's this iteration is being done by that guy so some people are like well okay if he's already adapted some of his other work maybe he can actually do it this time for this book but who knows i guess only time will tell with that one yeah yeah i'll be curious what that ends up looking like and what the reception will be but yeah if it makes it that far. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. not much for that other than, hey, they're doing that. And as someone who read the book, I was kind of like, oh, that's good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I guess while we're on the topic of TV, we might as well just burn some of the TV stuff. Sure. So Succession. Yeah. So where did you land on the finale? It was good. I left unsatisfied. I, I think everyone did. And 
be honest, I think that was also the point. Like, <laughs> it was super interesting to see that Tom ultimately was the only one from that family who got to carry on. But the deal went through. It's not like... It's not like that whole fucking family isn't getting their big chunk oh, of no. money. Which no, it's like they all came out even richer. <laughs> yeah, well, and prior to Daddy having a fucking heart attack, they were buying the other news media conglomerate or whatever. And, and after then they all they, just got greedy. Yeah, but like what? I, and maybe I have to go back and watch it because maybe I just missed something. But like before the dad died on the plane... They had made the deal that they were buying this news media corporation thing from what's her name. Mm-hmm. And then dad dies and they go, oh, well, we'll step up. And then they go, fuck it. We're going to take this deal. Let's keep Waystar. We don't want to sell it to Gojo. And it kind of never really mentions that other fucking media organization again. Well, they they kind of talk about it, but like, because they're kind of comes to, I can't remember what episode it was, but um. Roman and oh, why can't I fucking why is Ming guy Kendall blanking? Yes, they're talking and like there's there is a conversation in a scene where like they're both like, hey, do we just actually want to fucking take Waystar? Like, do we want to continue the legacy? And they're like, yeah, that's what. Yeah, fuck the other thing. So like, there is actually a conversation where they kind of straight up just are like, we're gonna abandon that other deal and just. Fuck it, we want our legacy, right? Just uh, the pacing of this season, there was like, and don't get me wrong, it was all incredibly entertaining TV and it was a great series and like the season was really, really good. But the whole time I couldn't help but sitting there going like, the pacing of this show, like this happened, this episode all took place over two days and the next episode all took place the day after. So like, you only get 10 episodes. You got to wrap up this entire series. And it felt like the entire 10 episode season covered a five day time period. So I didn't get the closure I wanted on everything else. Right. See, I actually, I'm on the opposite of that. I really liked like how they did that. Cause I was like, Oh, this is like, like I really liked the pacing of like, Oh, this is actually just like each episode is almost like one or two days. And it's like, here's the span of like, Whatever it is, I I thought that was actually kind of cool because of how it was. But I could totally see the other side of that, where it's well, like, oh, yeah, and like you want like more time still, to explore. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it was an incredible season. But like, I wanted to see the aftermath. Sure. Like, do they try to team back up and go by that other conglomerate? Does this like absolutely fracture the fucking family? Like, Shiv's got a kid on the way. Now that her fucking hubby somehow ends up actually being the successor to all of this, does she go crawling back to him? Do they reconcile their incredibly toxic relationship? Like, I just wanted... And I would have been fine even if it was like a, the last 20 minutes of the episode were like a, you know, one year later, two year later, just to like, this sure. is where it went. But it was just like, nope, Kendall had a fucking meltdown. He's still the giant clueless piece of shit that he always was. They yep. lost the company, it sold, and then everyone's just sad, and credits. Yeah, totally. I, t- I totally see that that reaction. But, but yeah, I'd, there was so much good fucking writing in that last season, in certain episodes, that was like, 
There was times where I was watching it and I was like, this is fucking insane. Like that whole fucking funeral episode. Like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck me. Like that, like I finished that episode and I was like, well, that's up there with one of the greatest episodes of TV I've ever seen. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. How they good. fucking paralleled people and all of that. Yeah. Like the writing was, and how that whole Tom and Shiv storyline. I thought was fucking really well done, especially when they both, I think it's when they hook up the first time and they both just are super honest with each other. And Tom was like, yeah, I was straight up always in this for the money. I just like nice things. <laughs> you know? Do you think that was him being honest or do you think that was him just trying to lash out because she was so ruthlessly? I think that was him. him straight up being honest. I think that was, he was just like, I've always, he, I think that was him being honest. Just thought, I like the nice things. For someone who <laughs> apparently is only ever in this for the money, though, he was a sniveling little bitch about her all the time when he oh, didn't yeah, even totally. need her. Like yeah. when they fucking separated and he was working for Big Papa there, he yeah. had his position, he had his notoriety, he had his power, he had his big fat fucking checks, but he still went crawling back to Shiv like a fucking lovesick puppy. Yeah, and I think how, like, when he kind of said, like, it was he was always in it for the money, I think, like, the intention of him saying that was, like, that's how it started, and he was ultimately, like, I, I that's kind of still why I'm here, but mm. not to say there was other stuff that, like, came along, like, Shiv being included, where he was like, oh, like, it's cool that I love you, but I also just want money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, but yeah. It was, it was good. I I came out of it early, happy for the most part. Where I was like, okay, yeah, no, it's like, definitely gonna go down as one of the best TV shows in history. That's for sure. It was. I, I think so. It was phenomenal. I won't argue with that. It's just like anything, though. I just kind of wanted a yep. little bit more, and not that that pulls away anything. I still thought it was a great ending and a great final season. Totally. And yeah, some of the writing in that final season was fucking. The way they're able to write those characters where you absolutely hate them, but then they'll like write just a little bit in where you're like, I feel really bad for this person in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, you're just like, that person is still a cunt and I don't like them anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, there's something definitely to be said for the writing when you can take a character like Kendall Roy and you're like, from the very beginning, you're like, okay, this guy, he wants a shot at redemption. He went to go sit at the table, but he wasn't quite ready. Yep. You're kind of actively cheering for him, and then you see him turn, like, fall off the wagon, turn back to drugs, make all these poor, poor decisions, and you're like, oh, no, and you're, like, actively, like, come on, Kendall, get your shit together, we're rooting for you, and then he kind of starts coming back and being a dick, and, you know, and you're like, I, all I right, think... fuck this guy, he's a prick, and then he yep. loses it all again, and you're like, oh, come on, I'm rooting for you, this, you can change this time, I know you can, I can see that you want to be a better person, and you root for him again, and then he lets old Kendall out again, and you're like, yeah, fuck this guy, he's a piece of shit. Best example I, f- I found of that was actually Roman. Because you saw him in the episode where, like, they call the election, and he's, like, totally going on, like, the, like, alt-right thing, where he's just like, oh, no, we're just gonna call it, he's making a deal with this guy. And then the next episode is the funeral, and you see where he breaks down, mm-hmm. and just, like, fucking has a total, like, fucking meltdown. And it's like, he- his meltdown is so heartwarming, because you're like, 
it's what his character has always been along. Like he just wants his dad's approval yeah. and he never gets it. And like all the kids speeches at the funeral kind of paralleled their relationship with their father, which was also an amazing writing thing. But then also at the same time, you're like feeling for these characters. Cause like clearly one's having a moment. And then also on the side, they're like actively doing damage control at the funeral. And you're like, Oh man, fuck <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, the way they did, it was like, crazy so yeah no. i hope i hope kieran culkin gets some awards because i think he was probably the standout of yeah, the three in was, my mind he was phenomenal in that show and i hope that this means we get to see more of him yeah totally totally because like it, a, i didn't really i don't really remember seeing him in like the first thing i can remember seeing him in was scott pilgrim versus the world yeah and I don't remember, like, I don't remember ever seeing him in something after that. No, me neither. Other than the next thing I saw him in was the Waco miniseries. He was in that one? Yeah, he played Thibodeau, the drummer. Oh. And that was the second <laughs> time I remember seeing him. And I remember seeing him in that and going, oh, I really liked him in Scott Pilgrim. Like, you don't really see him, like, considering his brother's Macaulay, like... And then I really, really liked him in fucking Waco. And I was like, yes, I want more of this guy. And then he ended up in succession. And like, I'm sure he's done movies and shows in between, but like those prior to succession, it was only those two that I remember seeing him and going, yeah, this guy's a good actor. Like, hopefully he's around more. Yeah. And I also think he's fairly selective on his stuff too. Cause I know there was uh, what is it? I can't remember if it's a variety or the Hollywood reporter. But every year they do like an actor's roundtable, and they're mm -hmm. actually really good to watch. And he was on this year's, and I want to say when I was watching it, he made Yeah, with Evan Peters. I've seen clips of that. Yeah, it's actually a really good watch. You should watch the full thing. Evan Peters, <laughs> also side note, that Dahmer shows seem to have fucked him up a bit. Oh, yeah, which is like, I get it, but like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's hard into like not your... He's a method actor, not like as extreme as someone as fucking... The well, guy who played Kendall, where he just he, pisses everyone off, but he mentally goes into that headspace, and yeah. Well, when he talks about it on that round table, like he, he's like he kind of talks where he's like, I, like he's like, I'm not a method actor. He's like, but to play these characters, you have to get into that headspace, and inherently that just fucks you up. Yeah, when you're doing it for a serial killer, especially Dahmer, and yeah, it was funny because like <laughs> at the end of that round table, everyone was just like. Evan Peters, you should just go do some rom-coms. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I just want to go do rom-coms for a few years and not do dark stuff. And I was like, that's fair. That's Which fair. I get, but that's disappointing <laughs> because, like, he's my, An exceptionally my good favorite actor. pull into, like, American Horror Story. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's that, it's that Catch-22 thing where it's like, he's really great in all these dark roles. And you watch them and you're like, man, this guy's amazing. And then you see him in interviews and he's like, this actively fucking kills me mentally because I have to go, I constantly playing these. And it's like, okay, I get that. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you should watch that round table. It's good. I guess I've seen many, many, many eclipse, but I didn't, I haven't sat down and just yeah. watched the whole thing. It's, it's good. And I think it's only an hour, but yeah. Unrelated, but semi-related. Like, have you ever heard of Smartless? Smartless. It's no. a it's a podcast that Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, oh sure, and sure. Will Arnett 
sure okay two together and they recently started taking it on the road and oh, doing okay. it in front of audiences so they made a deal with what do they call themselves these days max formerly hbo max formerly oh, hbo sure, sure. blah 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 sure they made a deal with them to basically film Turn like a behind like the a... like a behind the scenes of like when they travel and how they hang out and like I know those guys have like all done various things together, but like when you like, I it's only six episodes, and I've only watched a couple of them. But like, that's just a group of best fucking friends who all happen to be extremely talented, famous celebrities. But like all the behind the scenes of them traveling and stuff, it it very much reminds me of what it would be like if me and like my two best friends decided to go travel and do a fucking podcast. Like they're just fucking yeah. so hilarious it's not celebrities that got together to do a podcast because they needed a break from acting and wanted to make some money yeah. these guys are all three of them are genuinely best friends and it is it's a complete joy to watch yeah totally it's when when you see stuff like that it, it usually comes across on the content right you know but yeah i'll have to check that out so speaking of TV, that's probably not going to go down in the history of greatest TV. So Yellow Jackets ended, and I don't think I really liked that last season, and I don't know if, if I'm going to watch the third season, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm already two in. I have to continue. It's the same reason that I watch Riverdale, but yes, this past season hasn't been super duper great, and I honestly don't know where you go on from here. Like... I to find yeah. this whole supernatural thing to it, like they were starting to lean towards it heavy, but then you get to like, you know, the current timeline and Lottie is like seeing a therapist. I did like the twist where like throughout a few episodes, she's sitting down with this woman who like appears to be her therapist and she's talking it out. And then it's all actually the, no one. Yeah. And then it's actually no one. So like, yep. I'm super curious if which, cause they have an opportunity here where they can kind of carry on where this is like, oh, these people all have, you know, basically psychotic breaks from the time they spent yep. in the wilderness and what they had to do, and they're all having serious mental issues, you know, dealing with it going forth as adults, or if yep. they actually do make it some kind of supernatural thing that they contacted a supernatural spirit in the forest that is actually, you know, wants its sacrifices or will continue to ruin their lives. Yeah. And... I genuinely don't really care which direction they take it. I'm just dying to see which they direction need, they do take it to. They need to pick one. And yeah. it's like they've been flirting that line way too long. You know, it's like you either need to commit to being lost or not. It's like you can't do the am I, am I not? Because like you're going to get people like me that is just like, I just don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, because it's like the best parts of that show I found is like, the wilderness and the weird stuff but then they fucking they keep going back and forth on that i'm just like ah, but be weird or don't yeah. just pick one and it's like it's like they don't know it's like they don't know where they're writing that show it's like it's like they came up and they were like it's like they got one season they had one season planned out and showtime was like hey we want you to make a bunch more and they're like uh we didn't plan for that and now they're just trying to figure it out. Like, that's what it seems like. I mean, I get that to an extent, but there's still lots of stuff that is yet to be like, we still don't know what happened to coach. We know the coach didn't come back. 
Right. We know that at the end of the fucking, towards the end of the season, he tries to light the the cabin on fire and then goes into the caves. Right. Which is like a natural hot spring in there. Yeah. So like what ultimately do they end up hunting him down? Does he end up trying to fucking take the girls out and it becomes like a little war in the forest of man versus woman because he finds they're evil. Like there's some, there's some story arcs that I, I definitely want to see play out to see where it goes. I don't know how many more seasons they can eke out of this. I feel like if they're smart, they bring it back. They do one final season and then they close up these, these, these plot points. But there are some stuff that I'm curious Curious to see how they play out. Yeah, totally. I mean, you get, I mean, the first episode of the first season opens up with literally the shot of like, it's basically them at the end, like warring. It's like two warring factions. Like you get that. I think it's no, the, no, very, the, first episode. the very first episode is a girl who's like running through the fucking trees in the snow, basically naked and then like falls into a trap or she gets snagged or something. And then they kill her. Right. Which is a reflection on the you draw the queen card, so we're gonna hunt oh, you. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, right, right. Yeah, sure. But I also, I, and maybe I'm alone on this, but I absolutely loved. Uh, man, now I can't remember his name, but he plays the love interest of. Uh, Christina Ricci. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what yeah. is his name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking. Lord about. of the Rings. Like he's kind of a big yeah, yeah. fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. I'm looking it up right now. Starts, yeah. with, starts with an E. Oh yes, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, who is he? Elias? Eli? Yes. Uh. Fuck. Long awkward pause. I'm trying to find it. Eli something. Isn't it Eli something? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I absolutely yeah. fucking loved seeing him in this. Loved yeah. it. Loved his yeah, character. Was... And especially at the end when the fucking cop that tried to like pretend to be into the daughter and he's out there and he calls the phone and he opens up the trunk and sees that his partner is basically dead in the trunk. And then yep. the other guy like runs up and takes his gun and puts his fingerprints all over it and stuff. And he's yeah. like, Hey, Oh, hi. And he's so friendly and so casual yeah. about it. And he's like, so this is how this is going to play out. And, uh, all yeah. right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part was actually not bad. Like actually, that was actually some of the only modern day storytelling stuff that I actually found like good was like his stuff. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I mean, as much as I say I'm not going to watch the third season, I probably still will, but it's... I just didn't really care for a lot of season two, but... That's fair. It was kind of one of those things where there was, like, a few parts where I was like, oh, this is really good. I want more of that. And then they were just like, now we're good. I was like, cool. Yeah, no. It'd be I, one more season. I think if they just do one more and then close it off, then I'm, I'm content wrap it up, with it. Yeah. 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 But if I'm going to burn through some other stuff... I have to talk about rabbit hole real quick because it started off really good. And then halfway through the season, it became like a background show for me. But then by the end I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I watched this. I was into it. I I thought it had a pretty solid ending and it was satisfying. Like, you know how you get lots of endings where you're like, Oh, like the typical kind of good guy, bad guy where like the 
good guy finally has an opportunity to take out the bad guy, but then the bad guy somehow manages to get away and you're like, oh, dang, maybe next season. That's not how yep. this one played out at all. So it was really nice to be like, oh, like I don't even know if they're doing another season. The way that this one closed off, I'm like, this might have been a miniseries. Right. This might be it. It's nothing wrong with that. A good miniseries is good in its own right. Yeah. So like the twists and turns and little plot points of very spy thriller-esque and I quite enjoyed the end of it. Quite enjoyed watched, the end of it. I think I watched like the first two episodes of it and for some reason I just wasn't getting into it. And that's fair. But, that's fair. Like I said, there were lots of episodes in the center where I was just like, eh, I'm going to, you know, play my fucking phone game for a little bit while this plays. Like, I don't need to pay too much attention and stuff. And that kind of yeah. bit me in the ass towards the end because they like called back to some previous stuff. And I'm like, I don't fucking remember that. Right, sure. But I do like the way it ended, and I I do like Kiefer Sutherland, so it was kind of little, nice little fill replacement from, like, the hole that 24 left, as ridiculous as that sure. fucking show was. Sure. I've also been watching a lot of From, and I'm really into that show now. We're almost at the end of season two. I don't know why yeah. I like that show, but it's very, it reminds me, it's Lost meets The Leftovers meets Supernatural. And like yep. the little things they're discovering and you're sitting here going like, what the fuck is going on? I'm kind of digging totally. it. It's not a top yeah, tier show by any means, but I am enjoying no. the hell out of it. I'm, I think I'm six episodes into the second season. So like I, I have a few to catch up on. I think I have, there's like three that I have to watch. And I think I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I want to like get a few into the backlog. But now I think because of the finale soon, I might just wait until that's all done and then binge it in an afternoon. How do you but feel about it? I, I really like it. I think it's... I like the overall mystery of it. I think some of the character writing and, like, the relationship... I think some of that is, is pretty shitty and not that good. Some of it is good, but, like, I the core mystery is what keeps me coming back to that show, right? You know, it's like... Some of the in-between stuff is, like, meh. But, like, the whole mystery of, like, what is this town and why can't they leave? Like, yeah, it's a really good does a really good job of like hooking you in with that right mm -hmm. where it's like i, I want to know what this weird ass fucking shit is you know even if some of the in-between stuff i pick up my steam deck and play a little bit and then go oh, okay we're back into this right yeah so but yeah like overall like it's it's very well done it's just some of the in-between stuff i kind of roll my eyes and go like ah oh, okay we didn't need that but yeah fair enough but it's good I also burned through Animal Control with Joel McHale. Okay. Not I know nothing about that. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. It's Joel McHale, and he's like part of an animal control department in whatever town, and he gets oh. assigned a new partner to be his animal control partner, kind of like a, how you'd have a partner if you're a cop. Sure. He doesn't want to be a partner. He wants to be solo, so it's kind of him getting his partner into all kinds of shenanigans with different animal calls because he wants his partner to leave. It was honestly okay. not that great. It was not that okay. funny. I was about to say, is this worth a, is this no, worth it's not worth the watch. It was a okay. background show for me. And I was like, okay, I don't feel the need to watch that again. Sure. Okay. I also burned through Bup kiss, which was kind of a similar story. It was a little uniquer though. Cause it's right. like stars Pete Davison. Right. And Joe Pesci plays where... his dad, which is, or okay. his grandpa, I mean, which is pretty cool. Is that the one where it's kind of loosely based off yeah. his life? Oh, okay. And, like, there's definitely some episodes where you're like, okay, there's obviously a lot of uh, 
creative liberties taken here. But then there's sure. some other episodes. There's one in particular where he goes to a we- it's like a flashback episode about him going to his uncle's wedding. Okay. And like all these like crazy things that happened at the wedding. And then at the end of the episode, they actually like on, on the screen show you a bunch of like different Polaroids and stuff of that actual wedding that went, he went to as a kid. So it right. blended the like, oh. this is us telling the story and filming it professionally, but like, here's all the photos of like when he got in the dance, went on the dance floor by himself and started dancing like a madman. Like here's the pictures. He actually did that. Oh, like, true, true. So that was kind of a nice little blend. I could see that. Yeah. And then of course, like he has all of his celebrity friends show up throughout various sure. episodes, which is kind of nice. So like, I don't know. It was, it was like a five or a six out of 10, like a fun right. little watch as a background show, but not something I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for another season. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Like a good show like a good five out of 10 show that I can just throw on the, the fucking TV above my monitor and watch while I play video games. There's room for those in my life. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what that was yep. to catch a killer. I watched that movie. Is that the one with uh what's her name? Uh, I can something never... Woodley. Yeah. Shailene Woodley. Yeah. It was actually really good. I quite was liked it? it. Yeah. Cause I, I was on the fence cause like I saw one of the trailers for it and I was like, that looks terrible. So is is it a case of like the trailer I watched just sucked? It might have been because I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like a good mystery Thriller. police drama, yeah. And like the way it ends was like pretty solid. And I don't know, the ending kind of remind me of like Silence of the Lambs or Hannibal, where there's like this big, you know, cop meets killer kind of face off at the end, but you like sure. realize that they start to like empathize and have a lot more in common than right, you thought. Right. Right. So, like, I actually quite enjoyed it on the whole. I was okay. pleasantly surprised about it. I'll have to add that to the list because, yeah, I, that everything you're sounding like, if you're like, hey, this thriller is actually good, then I know I'm probably going to like it. So, I think it was just a case of the trailer I watched was maybe just not a good trailer, which mm. often happens. So, you never watched Ted Lasso, eh? Not a single episode. It's really good. It really is. is. The second season was like meh to me. The first season and then this last and final season were both really, really good. And it had an incredibly satisfying ending, like the kind that kind of like hit you in the feels and you were happy and it was good. And like, I won't say a whole lot about it, but it, it was a good episode and it really was a good show. Like if anyone who likes Jason Sudeikis, like this is him in his prime, like he fucking absolutely kills this role. Like I've had multiple people tell me it's good. It's just one of those shows that I've just never gotten around to. So Fair enough. But it's done I, now. They're talking about doing a spinoff with the n- three remaining coaches, and I won't say anything more than that because you haven't seen the show. But it's right. It's definitely <clears throat> worth a watch. It's it's Apple TV putting out fucking high quality gold, as they tend yep. to do with their streaming service. Yeah, yep. they've been knocking it out of the park lately, to the point that like if I just see that it's an Apple TV show, it's immediately like bumped up my queue because they've. They've had so many hits and not a whole lot of losers, so. It's... Yeah, and it was just w- really well-paced. It's not like you finish a season and you're like, oh, God, are they going to do another one? Like, they probably should have just ended it. Like, it actually had a good pacing to it, and then by the time it does come to its conclusion, you're like, that was a good amount of time. That was a good amount of episodes. I'm okay it... with this ending right now. Right. It, just... it came, did its thing, and left, and you're like, 
cool. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's it it stayed the right amount of time and ended the the way it should. So yeah, exactly. And then we finished Love and Death. That one was that's interesting. Been, that's been on my list, and I've been because that's with uh oh what's her name Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons. Yes. Was it good? It was good. There's definitely some slow episodes to it, but you kind of. Right. I went in making sure that I didn't Google because it's based on a true story. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is an actual thing that happened. So at the very, very end of the last episode, you get the whole like captions on the screen where it's like, this is where so-and-so is now. This is what this person's doing a little more about this person. So like going in, right. the wife and I both were like, we're not Googling anything. We don't sure. want it. Let's not find out how this actually plays out. So like, if you go in completely blind, then there are points where you're sitting there going, did she do it? Did he do it? Oh, uh, okay. It? Okay. All right. And the fucking, oh, I can't remember his name whatsoever, but do you, do you remember watching Banshee? Oh, yeah. Do you remember in the last couple of seasons, they end up hiring that one police officer who was a former Nazi? name was Kurt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that dude. I can't remember that actor's name. He's in this show, and he plays someone who goes to the church and is also a lawyer. So when Elizabeth Olsen's character gets accused, she goes to him because they're in the same church, and he becomes her lawyer. And he fucking nails that role. Like, absolutely Hmm. knocks it out of the park. I think his, his role in that fucking show was better than Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons. Really? Yeah, I really liked him as the as the uh, church going lawyer. It was really really good. Hmm. I think I'll have to check that one out because it seems like what I'm hearing you say seems pretty good. And it's a one off miniseries, like eight episodes or seven episodes or something. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll I'll definitely probably bump that up. Yes. Yeah. So you you binge and you're done. All right. I'm sold. And then continuing to burn through these, Barry just ended. That one, first season, so good. Second season kind of came down a bit. Third season, you're like, yeah. And then fourth season, it's like, all right, we've got 10 episodes to make shit fucking happen here. And shit starts happening. Okay. And it definitely gives me a new appreciation for Bill Hader as a person because he's not just an incredible actor in this show but he's like on Jason Bateman kind of level in terms of like actor turned director for his own show. He fucking crushes it. And it's one of the best TV series endings I've seen. Really? And it gets kind of like meta towards the end. Like, I, I don't know. You just have to watch it, but you watch that last episode and you're like, that was perfect. That was a perfect fucking ending. Huh. Not the best ending show. I've ever seen in my entire life, but like it was perfect. Like it's, it ended and I couldn't have been happier with how it all played out and the way that they wrapped it up. And he just has like a unique vision for the way that they wrote and directed the ending. It it was unique and different to anything I'd ever seen. Cause you sit there and you're watching how everything goes throughout the series. And then the way it ends and I can't, I don't mm. want to go into detail. You'd ha- you'd have to watch it. It was, it's a phenomenal ending an absolutely phenomenal ending. It was like, you fucking crushed it. Mr. Hater, okay. you fucking crushed it. I've never checked out that show, but are you talking about that last season? Maybe making me rethink that. 
Well, I didn't start watching it till this year. I burned all really. three seasons, and then I had probably like three or four months before the new season started rolling out. Hmm. Maybe so I, I watched it all this year. Maybe now that it's ended, it's a good time to watch it, because then I can just binge it all. Mm-hmm. So Barry was good. I'm, I keep putting Dave off till the end because I want to talk, but I'll just talk about it now. If you haven't seen Dave, you need to watch Dave. Okay. I, have, I haven't seen it. So. so Dave is similar to like Pete Davidson show where it's Dave Bird, a.k.a. Right. he's the rapper Lil Dicky. Right. So it's a show, I wouldn't say necessarily based on like real events, but he definitely borrows from real life things that have happened to him put in the show but the show is about Dave going from being this like skinny white dude from like a right. middle class family who who's Jewish to trying to become like one of the best rappers ever which I mean I don't know if I'd say he's the best rapper ever in real life he really is a pretty phenomenal rapper but he's like yeah. a comedy rapper like a self-deprecating rapper like he busts on himself and makes jokes about that but he actually can make a beat and he can rap oh okay sure so when this show initially launched on FX, I thought it was hilarious. And they've had like a few cameos from other rappers and stuff. Cause in real life, little Dickie is a real person. He's a real rapper. Yeah. And then as the show, as the seasons come out one after another, he starts, be, he becomes more famous as a rapper because his, he's building his audience. Plus the show is really good. So like oh, you get like okay. one or two celebrity cameos in the first season and then you get to the second season and there's some more rappers and some other celebrities that show up and then you get to the, and every season more and more famous people start showing up. Sure. Sure. Cause like, he's getting more famous with yeah. the show and his career. Oh, okay. So like sure. he's had episodes like he had, there's a whole episode dedicated to him going and meeting like Rick Rubin, who I don't know if you're oh, okay, familiar sure. with. He's a big fucking deal in the music industry. Yeah. But this final season and I, it's not like the series, the final series. I'm pretty sure they're doing another season. But this season had the likes of like Killer Mike from Run the Jewels, Usher. Oh, sure, sure. Rachel McAdams was in oh, multiple fucking episodes. Really? There's an episode huh. where he goes to the Met Gala. And he gets like he gets invited to the Met Gala for the first time. So then they have like sure, sure. Phineas, like Billie Eilish's yeah. brother Phineas in there. And they have yeah. Travis Barker in there and Megan oh, Fox shit. and uh, Machine Gun Kelly. And right. what's the dude who plays? He's in the Marvel movies. He plays Warhammer. Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's yeah. in there. Yeah. Fucking Jack Harlow. Like all oh, these shit. big celebrities. And then you get to the fucking season four finale and it's fucking Brad Pitt. And not what? just a Brad Pitt cameo. Brad Pitt is in the entire episode, and it is amazing. Hmm. It is amazing, the episode that he is in with Brad Pitt, from start to fucking finish. And you get to the end of that episode, and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? That is absolutely bonkers. That is wild. What the fuck? How huh. did you get Brad Pitt to do this? Because it gets fucking wild, man. Hmm. Like I, without fucking spoiling anything, Brad, uh, Rachel McAdams convinces Brad Pitt to come do a cameo in Lil Dicky's newest music video, which is called Mr. McAdams, which is just him rapping about how he's going to become 
Mr. Rachel McAdams. <laughs> nice. And then they finish shooting the video and he tells Brad starts telling him like, yeah, I think I'd like to get into making music and making beats. And little Dickie's like, oh, well, hey man, come over to my house whenever. Like just as a yeah. like courtesy. And Brad's like, yeah, cool. What's your address? And little Dickie's kind of like, wait, what? And Brad's like, yeah, what's your address? Maybe one day I'll stop by. And then they leave and some other shit happens. And then this girl shows up and she turns out to be a stalker. Oh. And she's like <laughs> super obsessed with Dave. And so Dave's trying to get her to leave, but she refuses to fucking leave because they're kindred soulmates, right? They're the same person. Sure, sure. Sure. And then Brad Pitt shows up. And then nice. Brad Pitt comes in, and then she goes, oh my god, I got little Dickie here. And Brad Pitt, like, this is my moment, and basically keeps them captive in little Dickie's house. So nice. it's this just wild fucking episode. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I haven't been able, like, it's been living rent-free in my head for fucking... A whole week now. I can't stop thinking about that episode. All right, all right. I'll probably end up checking this out at some point because this <laughs> this sounds great. <laughs> it was so good. It was so so good. Hmm. And I'm I just floored. Have... I'm like, how yeah. did you get Brad Pitt for this? And how did you get Brad Pitt to agree to do all this stuff that he's doing right now? Right. Sure, sure. No, it's so I'll, good. I'll have to check that out. Maybe Brad Pitt's just at a point in his career where he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah, this sounds funny. Let's do it. Yeah. I think there's probably a point in actors' lives where they're just like, ah, fuck it, that sounds cool, mm-hmm. whatever, I'll do it. You know. I will definitely check that out because that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was real good. Especially if you can get Brad Pitt to do some fucking hilarious stuff, then yeah, why not? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Always Sunny just started again, only two episodes out, but I mean, it's sunny. Right. It's always a fucking win. Yep. The wife and I watched this new Amazon documentary show called Shiny Happy People. How's that one? It is about the Duggar family. Oh, actually, I heard about this, but I haven't checked it out yet. It's pretty fucking Cause that's interesting. Because that's a fucked up story. Yes, it is extremely, extremely fucked up, man. Is it okay? Is it worth watching? Yes. Okay. There's only four episodes. It is worth okay. watching. It is extremely fucked up. And you start seeing how like the the most fucked up thing is is like they're part of this like s- very specific religious Church. branch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like their whole theory is is that the devil's always trying to get you. So in order to protect yourself, you go under an umbrella. So everyone is under God's umbrella. Because God sure. protects you from the devil. But then the next tier down is the father slash husband. He'll be the sure. next line of defense. And then below that is the wife. And then below that is the kids. Sure. But this is also the order that you need to follow things in. So God tells the husband what to do. The husband tells the wife what to do. The wife tells the kids what to do. So it's a very strict man of the house in charge. And the idea is, is to have as many kids as you possibly can. Because the more kids you have closer you are to god but also the more kids you have the more you can spread the word of god sure so you go into this church and it's not uncommon to find or see families with eight nine ten eleven twelve fucking kids and then you start seeing the behind the scenes of what the church is doing because it doesn't just like it talks about the duggars a lot but it really focuses on this like religious sect that they're all a part of sure yeah the whole fucking goal of this religious sect is like you homeschool with our curriculum. So you believe what we believe you discipline the way that we tell you to discipline 
and then you send them to our special fucking schools for discipline and blah, blah, blah. And then you realize like, oh, the, the goal here is to expand this as much as possible with uneducated people that only listen to you and you basically take over the fucking country. That's that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> wild. I just added this. Cause yeah, that Yep, I'm into that. Super good. I won't say too much more, but yeah, we, we very quickly burned through the four episodes. Yeah. <clears throat> that was is Amazon quickly replacing Netflix with documentaries? Because what was it? That Subway one a while back was all I think was also an Amazon one. Was it? I think so. I can't remember. It'd be nice if Amazon was like quietly just like, we're going to do a bunch of true crime. Mm, that would be really nice. It was good. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Because, yeah, I think I saw, I think it was this morning I was browsing Twitter or something and someone was talking about it and I was like, hmm. Yeah, it'll be. You're very much a lover of those weird true crime docs, just like me, that you're going to yeah. actu- absolutely enjoy this. Yeah. We have pretty much the same taste when it comes to that stuff. So mm-hmm. I will definitely be checking it out because I am always down for more of those. So, how is The Idol? I haven't actually watched it yet. It's as bad as everyone's saying. Is it? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> I will watch one more episode just to see it was just the pilot that came out and I actually wasn't even going to watch it because like none of it even like sounded all that interesting to be honest but it was because I saw all the news articles and people being like the show's just fucking bad where I was just like alright I kind of need to check this out and it ended and I was like yeah that was that that was bad but I haven't watched it, it yet it's on my list also because of how crazy and fucked up I've heard it was yeah, but I keep seeing lots like, of reports now that the weekend is an absolutely dog shit actor. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. He has zero fucking acting ability at all. Oh. <laughs> so, which is like part of the reason why, like, I, I finished that episode and I was like, that just, that, that was just bad. And part of the reason is like one of the main characters, The Weekend, is just like fucking awful. It's just like you have zero acting ability. What are you doing here? Like, go back to whatever the fuck The Weekend did before this music but yeah yeah i i was trying to stay positive just because like as far as i'm concerned sam levinson's euphoria television show is one of the greatest television shows of the past couple of decades oh yeah it's actually i had this thought last night because for some reasons beyond me i've been rewatching the oc and good call and uh it's actually surprising how much the show holds up and I actually had this thought that Euphoria is basically just an R-rated version of DOC. Because it's basically just focusing on, like, kids and, like, growing up through the teenage years with, you know, drugs, alcohol, and all the stuff that comes with that. And as I've been watching the OC, granted, it's way longer, and it's, like, the episode format is different and all of that. But, like, there's certain themes and like stuff that happens in the OC where I'm like oh that's actually touching on some like real stuff kind of like how Euphoria does but Euphoria is the HBO version of that so it's like yeah we're actually going to show someone get like fucked up whereas the OC was primetime TV and they're like we can only show so much yeah given it's and also given it's time right you know interesting 
I've been meaning to yeah. go back and rewatch it because it's one of my favorite TV shows. Got a lot yeah. of nostalgia for that. So it'd be interesting yeah. to go back as a full-grown adult now yeah. and rewatch it and be like, oh, that's legit, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I've had as I've been rewatching it is like, is there some filler that is total bullshit? Yeah, each season is like 26 fucking episodes. Granted, there's only four, but like, so there's definitely episodes where it's like, okay, this this was your filler episode. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely episodes that I've been rewatching where I'm like, this totally fucking still holds up and still tells a version of that in a really good way mm. that for its time was actually like, I remember watching it as a teenager. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious. Do we know when the new season of Euphoria is out or coming out? I haven't heard. I want to say yet. it's. The last I heard is it was maybe on pause because of the Raider strike. Yeah, I'd, like I don't even remember hearing anything about them like filming or where they were in any of that stuff. I think it might be tied up with the Raider strike. That wouldn't surprise me. Because I think pretty much unless you had scripts already, nothing's coming out of the pipeline anytime soon by the sounds of it. So <sighs> I'm used to strike. with HBO waiting yeah. years it- for shit. Because that strike seems like it's very much the same as like that last one, whenever that one where it was like, here's here's going to be a long strike, and if you don't have scripts already done, well, get ready for a pause. Yeah. So. So did you just finally watch John Wick? Yeah. And, and it was good. It was more John Wick. But, okay, I came out of it with one thought. They need to take away the bulletproof suits. It's too much plot armor. It's too much plot armor. Mm. Like, I get it. It was cool in the second movie. But the one thing I came out of, like, the fourth one is, like, I think they should find a way to get rid of those. Yeah, because there was lots of, like, you're not going to do anything to me as I hold my fucking jacket over my face. And then someone sprays a clip of assault rifle into it. And it's just, like, there are certain times where I was, like, I had the thought of, like, what made the first one like so special on my mind was like seeing him actually get shot and fucked up and like power through it. Like there was more stakes to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it showed his ability more as like this mythical John wick. Right. Where it's like, he's so good. Like, yeah, he gets fucked up, but he's also like taking down 12 guys. Yeah. Whereas like in the fourth one, it's like, okay, he took down like 50 people and it's kind of cause he can just get shot a bunch. Right. Yeah. And I guess full spoilers for John Wick four. It's also he also dies. Yeah. Then the but they also announced that they're doing a fifth one with Keanu Reeves, so like What? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I read that like a day after and I was like, wait, what? He's dead. I yeah. don't know how you do a fifth one. Because, like, I thought it was a pretty good end to John Wick. Like, I thought that ending was good where he was like, fuck it, I'm going to burn this whole place down and bring it with me. And then he kind of finally is, like, at peace and dies. Yeah, and, like, I was okay with that ending where he's yeah. at peace. But, like, I don't know how you bring him back for another one. No, like, to me, if it were me... And to bring it, 
to bring him back, they need to ditch all this high table bullshit. Mm-hmm. If you do a fifth one, it needs to be like John Wick is. So yeah, like going in, like doing a fifth one, like it needs to be smaller because like I said, like get rid of the high table stuff because like they've milked that too much. Like it almost needs to be John Wick is living his best life down in Mexico or something you know, kind of enjoying his retirement away from everyone else. And then he has to like help out something or someone fucks with him and it's a smaller contained story. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I think how they set it up is not going to go in that direction because they end it. Like there's that end credit scene with that dude in Japan or whatever. Right. So I think that's ultimately where they're going to go is he's John is going to have to help that dude in Japan with some shit, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just, <laughs> they killed him. And then they, like, it was like a week later. They're like, yeah, so we're doing John wick five. And it's just like, oh, fuck, come on. He's going to no be in that, John wick five. Apparently let me double check. Maybe this. they have him in some kind of like spirit ghost or as a flashback <laughs> kind of thing, you know, let's see. Because they still Lionsgate. have the Continental series coming out with Anna de Armas. Yeah. So yeah, Lionsgate confirms John Wick 5 in early development. Do they say is Keanu Reeves? Hmm. I, and I think it seems to imply that maybe... They don't directly state that Keanu Reeves is coming back, but the director and Keanu Reeves are kind of the soul of that. Mm. And by the sounds of it, they literally went to Japan and got drunk and tried to come up with an idea for a fifth one, and apparently they did. So, <laughs> all right, is the story in the article? Because apparently they went down to Japan for a few weeks and sat in a whiskey bar and came up with number five. So, <laughs> sure. Hey, whatever. I'll keep watching all of them. Yeah, totally. Like the action is is continues to be amazing. You know, I thought four was exhausting in a good way because of like it was just action after action. Like it was almost too much, but not really, because it was like really good action, you know what I mean? I had a different response to that. I didn't think there was enough. There was really? a lot towards the end. But yeah. the first like the first half of the movie was very little action. And I remember sitting there at one point going, okay, like we're 35 or 40 minutes into this movie. Not a lot of action esque things have happened. Like this is not John wick movie. I'm used to granted the action did come and then it was nonstop right up until the end. But there was a massive amount of just non-action, which was fine with me. It just felt out of, out of place. Yeah, totally. And I think it's like, it just took a little bit to get started. Like, I don't think that movie needed to be as long as it did, but... Probably not, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, the action continues to be good. I'm really excited for that series that they're doing, because it's essentially just three movies. Like, mm-hmm. they've come out and said, hey, it's three episodes and each is an hour and a half. So it's like, all right, why don't you just release those as movies? But sure. Why not? I am excited for the Continental. And 
I'm actually really excited for that ballerina movie because it. The more I see Ivana the Arms doing action stuff, the more I'm just like, yeah, give me more of that. She's great. Mm-hmm. You know, she was great in the Bond movie, and she was great in that Ghosted movie. That Bond like movie, it. her role in the Bond movie was incredibly underrated. Yeah, and incredibly short. <laughs> it yeah. was like basically was... like it was one scene, and then she was like, "All right, later, James." <laughs> and it was yeah, just I did like, not what? like that. No, because it was like they team up for that fight in Mexico or whatever, and then she's like, "All right, bye." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Wait, what? You're not? Uh, you, you, that's it? That's a shame. You kind of wasted her." But yeah, general before was good. Um, like it's it, it's tough because like uh, my main thing is like it's more John Wick. Like you kind of know what you're getting with John Wick, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's ever going to top the first movie because I, I think the first movie is this, and I kind of talked about it a little bit before, like, it was this self-contained, like, thing that was really good, and I don't think they'll ever get back to how good the first one is. But with the second and third movie and now the fourth movie, like, with two and three, you kind of, like, come out of them being like, it's more John Wick, like, mm-hmm. and it's good, right? So Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Well, we might as well finish off on the movies topic. So Monster Season 2 focuses on the Menendez brothers? Yeah. So that American Horror Story guy and his Netflix stuff. Ryan Murphy? Yeah. That's right. I don't recall the Menendez brothers. Do you want me to say anything then? I mean, sure. It's not out yet. Oh, okay. So it's basically they... They killed their parents. Okay, yeah, that I do know what you're talking about now. And uh, and the guys around it was apparently they had been abused by the father to the point that like that's the angle they took, but it was never like confirmed. But, like that's how they kind of played it in the courts is like they actually got like super fucked up by the dad, and the mom played a part in that, and then finally they just kind of snapped. Yeah. So. I'll be, I'll be curious about that because it's not like nearly it's as not, exciting. Yeah, and it's like when you think about it, like Dahmer, you can have episodes based on like his victims, and it's like he was, it was a thing that went on for years, right? Yeah, this is like it was just one event, and then the court was and the aftermath after. Yeah, it's so yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. Like, the thing that it'll almost be like is when Ryan Murphy did that OJ season. Remember that? Yeah, and that was... Good. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but that was like that American criminal or crime whatever series. And maybe this belongs more in there. I genuinely thought after the end of Dahmer that the next monster fucking one that he was going to do was going to be John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And that would make sense because he was in the last fucking episode. He's yeah. also a prolific serial killer spanning years. Yeah. Why wouldn't I, you do John Wayne Gacy? I, I have no idea. I totally thought it would be like another prolific serial killer. Like if it wasn't Gacy, maybe it would be like BTK or something. Like something along the that came mm-hmm. to that. But like it was just I saw this and I was like, that is an extremely strange choice. And like I'll still watch it. Like because... You can definitely tell where Ryan Murphy's time and effort is going, and it's into whatever he's doing on Netflix and not American Horror Stories. Yeah, when you know, do we get a new season of that? 
of American Horror Stories? Yeah. I have no idea. I didn't even let, I didn't even watch the last season. <sighs> I don't really remember the last season, to be honest. I, I straight up didn't watch it because, like, what was it that... Oh, it was the guy who was killing gay people and trying to take body parts of them to put into one... He was basically killing gay people and taking this guy's arm after he killed him, and then he'd kill a different gay guy and take his fucking face, and then he'd kill another gay guy and take his legs, and he was basically trying to build a Frankenstein person of the, oh. made out of all of the most perfect body parts of from guys from the gay community. No thanks. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, it was what was it the uh, that one where they had the two timelines? I th- I remember we talked I think it was the one I can't remember what it was. That's when I stopped watching that show because I was just like this I'm de- I'm out. <laughs> this isn't American Horror Stories anymore. <laughs> Oh, when they split the season into two, where part of it was vampires and part of it was aliens. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I didn't like that either. I didn't even finish it. And I just, and then the season that came after that, I was just like, eh, just, I'm good. Mm, that's <laughs> fair. But, but yeah, strange choice to do that, I guess. But I'm, I'm still gonna watch it. I mean, he proved it with that first season. That that was he's really good at that, right? Hmm. And I think when Ryan, well, I think Ryan Murphy, whenever he puts his full attention towards something, I think he's really good. I think it's when he's not a la American Stories and whatever that side one is. Like, that seems to just not have any of his effort at all. Yeah. It's, so. It seems to be the case with a lot of these guys where which they I spin get. off a side project and all the effort goes into that. But it's like, hey, I get it. It's something kind of new and exciting and completely different. But, like when you do go back to the normal stuff, like keep your head in the game, focus on the task at hand. You can't be doing American horror story while thinking about everything else that you want to do. Just like Tyler Sheridan. Like you can't be sitting here doing Yellowstone, but in the back of your head, all you can think about is Mayor Mayor Kingstown in 1883. Like, and it's like, I get that you can only, you can only do so much at, at one time. Right. But it's, and it's like, I hate it on one hand and like it on the other hand because it's like, oh, I hate that Yellowstone isn't good anymore because when it was good, it was good. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I got Mayor Kingstown, which is amazing. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's like, I get it. But I wish these people would just like focus on the one thing. Yeah. But I totally understand. Like if it's, if you're a working writer and creator in the studio is like, here is more money. Here's checks. Make other stuff. Like you're going to do that. Right. Yeah. You're going to cash in, you know, while the errands odd. You know, because Hollywood is only good until the iron is not hot, and then you're like, well, fuck, I don't have work, right? So, yeah. I get it, but... Yeah. Yeah. So and then... Yeah, they're rebooting Cliffhanger. And Stallone is coming back for it, and I am so fucking on board for this. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I'm so... If... Okay... So if they if they just said, hey, we're rebooting Cliffhanger, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But for them to be like, hey, you know those really awesome Gerald Butler action movies where he's protecting the president and they're low-key a bad good time, that guy's going to make Cliffhanger and they're going to bring Stallone back? I'm like, yep. Inject that right into my veins. <laughs> I can't say that I share the same sentiment. I'd have to wait till I start seeing some trailers and stuff. Yeah, 
not that I'm against a cliffhanger reboot, but I mean, I I like Sly Stallone, but I mean, he's fucking old, so it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see how this pans out. Yeah, I don't know that he's gonna do like. I'd be surprised if he was the lead and doing the action thing. Like maybe he'll just be like the old mentor guy or something. Who knows? But, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I like right. when they brought him back for Rocky, but he was just the coach. Totally. I could totally see it being something like that where he does some action, but not necessarily the main, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw that title and I'm like, I'm so fucking on board with that. Cause if you're going to reboot it, at least you're bringing back Stallone. So Fair I mean, enough. not that Cliffhanger is this acclaimed movie, but, like, it's very kind of akin to, like, Roadhouse, right? Where it's just, like, here's the pinnacle 90s action movie, right? Which, the Roadhouse remake with Hall that's coming out, I am very much excited for that. I am very much excited to see what it is. I'm not sold on it yet, but I like Hall, and I think his, the Hall action movie era has been fucking fantastic. Yes. So... I mean, what was it? The Michael Bay ambulance movie was a fuck ton of fun. With Jake Gyllenhaal, I did not so. like that one. But oh, really? I I thought that was as soon as I knew what it was, like Michael Bay, Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, I know exactly what I'm gonna get from this movie. So maybe it was just my expectations were yeah, just like maybe. okay, like I knew going in that it was just gonna be a Michael Bay action movie, Jake Gyllenhaal, but. The stories, uh, the stories I've heard of Jake Gyllenhaal in that set are fucking hilariously awesome, and it kind of tells you exactly why Michael Bay's <laughs> makes those movies. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Jake Gyllenhaal, like he was talking where he showed up on set one day, and Michael Bay was like, "We're gonna cancel all of the plans today because I have two helicopters that we can use today, and we didn't plan on having this, but I somehow have two helicopters, and we're gonna go use them." And everyone was like, "Well, all right then." <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of cool. Right, so it's just like, I think Michael Bay knows what he's doing and is just having a shit ton of fun making movies, right? But, but yeah, I'll be curious what that Roadhouse is. Yes, me and too. I saw him, what was it? They did a UFC thing with Conor McGregor. Isn't he in it too? Yeah. So it's like, um, are they not going to be fighting in bars? Is it going to be him fighting in the Pentagon? I don't know. I hope it's not. I want the bar I, fights. I think it's more of a bar fights. I think it was just a promotional thing because he got so fucking jacked. Right. Right. Loaded up on some medicine and hit mm-hmm. the gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> medicine, I, yeah. I, I, well, I love... I fucking hate how all these actors will come out and be like, oh, no, we, like, we didn't take anything. It's like, no, you did. No one gets that ripped that fast without some help. <laughs> He's Just been in that shape it. before, though, so I can't imagine it's as much. Like, I don't know if you remember no. him in that boxing movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Southpaw. Yeah, yeah. He he got fucking crazy for that, but it's like... I, I just hate when actors are, like, talking about that. It's like, everyone knows you're using something, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just... You know it. Everyone else knows it. Just, don't skirt around it. Just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is what it is. You're getting paid lots of money and people are helping you. But yeah. I think that's all the movies and TV stuff. Yeah. What else I got here? Oh, Logitech. That's actually... That one kind of surprised me. Yeah, I read this article and it 
pleasantly surprised because <laughs> I didn't think it would ha happen. But <laughs> no, but it's nice. I would like to see more brands like Logitech team up with iFixit to offer repairs. Yeah, totally. Because it's it it's easier for everyone because iFixit doesn't have to then make their own guides to how you do this with a Logitech mouse. So they're like, all right, we did this so you didn't have to, and then we wrote a guide so that you didn't have to. But with actually teaming up with Logitech, where they're like, hey, here's how to do this. Here's the replacement parts. Sell it as a package. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's nice when it's all get un when it's all uniformed and it's all like centralized into one place. How do I yeah. pull this apart? How do I fix this? Like, it really is nice to see people genuinely making steps to reduce the fucking consumer waste instead of going out of their way to make products that are designed to eventually fail so that they can just keep getting the repeat bucks. Totally. Totally. It's, yeah. Which, I, like, go ahead. No, go ahead, because I'm going to switch over. Oh, to okay. I was just going to say, like, I, I wish every company helped out with iFixit, because, like, the amount of times I've used iFixit for stuff is, like, and it's always so handy. I mm. used it just last week. I had my work laptop, the battery bulged, and I was like, well, okay, I got to deal with this, because this, this ain't good. So I pulled up an iFixit guy for my laptop, and it's like, all right, let's like take these screws out, unhook this wire, and then order your new battery and put it in. And I was like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. Fucking, I was recently looking at maybe getting an S S SSD for my Steam Deck. They sell it right on iFixit with the guide and the tools <laughs> and show you how to do it. It's like, man, why can't everyone do this? Yeah, I completely it's, agree. Yeah. And you were going to spin this into something? Well, that's why I posted Framework on here. It's because I so saw it. Con you haven't heard of Framework? I'm assuming once you start talking about it, I'll be like, oh, yeah. But I just... It's, uh, it's a laptop manufacturer. They make laptops. But they're user-repairable laptops. And they're the easiest oh. user-repairable laptops that you can find that aren't like built off of junk like they're still expensive they're like 1300 bucks for like their 13 inch but everything on it is replaceable and easily replaceable it is the first like genuine truly modular laptop oh you yeah, want a new you right want now. a new screen no problem pull this fucking bezel off undo this one ribbon cable pull the screen off so you I'm can switch to a higher there. resolution screen or a matte screen you can it has four ports and they have little click in pieces so you can select your IO. So you can, in any of these four square ports, they're designed to use their like modules. So you can make all four ports USB Type C if you want, or you can put HDMI in there, or an audio jack, or an SSD, like anything. And you can mix and match the ports. You can put them on another side. You can make them all the same. You can make them all different. If you want to replace the keyboard, the top part that covers the keyboard is just magnetically held in place. You pull that off, undo a ribbon cable, swap out your keyboard. There's your SSD and your RAM sitting right there. So if you want to swap those out, undo the screw, pull it out, put the new one in. And they do the main board, which includes the CPU. Also, once you take the RAM and all that stuff off, the main board just pops out. So if you have a laptop and you're like, I love this laptop, but it's starting to age, I need a new Ryzen CPU, you can literally pull the mainboard out, put a Ryzen mainboard in there, and then just throw your components back together. 
Like everything in that laptop can be swapped out for something newer or better. I'm looking at this right now. This seems insanely cool. I can't believe you haven't heard it. If you go on no. uh, Linus Tech Tips and search framework, he invested $250,000 into that company when they were first starting. Sure. So anytime they review laptops, he discloses like, hey, just a disclosure. I use a framework because yep. I invested in them. But he has sure. a video from like about a year ago when he first invested where he shows you the modularity. Yep. And then they put out a video a couple months ago where they're basically giving you a sneak peek at the next generation of framework. So they're coming out with a 15-inch laptop. And this thing is so fucking cool that you can take your keyboard and it's got like two big like sidebars on either side of the keyboard. And let's say... You really want a numpad. Those side yeah. pieces, they just unclick and come out, and you can slide the keyboard over and then drop a numpad in place. I'm watching a video on it right now on their website. This That's insanely cool. And if you're like, oh, I don't like the numpad on the right. I want it on the left. You can fucking pull the numpad off, slide the keyboard to the other side, drop the numpad on the other side. Yeah, and then I'm same watching with, this right now. Yeah, same with the... The trackpad, if you're like, oh, I have the numpad in here, but my trackpad is center. I want it centered to the space bar, not centered to the laptop. You can take a module out, move the keyboard over, and then drop the two modules on the side. So you can move all uh. of it. And that's the first one that they're going to come out that actually has a click-in piece that goes in the front of the laptop, or the back of the laptop, I should say, for dedicated graphics cards. Uh. So they're starting to make AMD and NVIDIA because they're just taking the board, shrinking them down, and putting them in this modular system. So in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to buy a 15-inch laptop with either Ryzen or Intel. And if it starts to age, you can just pull out the main board and put a newer, more modern CPU in it from either team, blue or red. And then with the modular GPU, if you're like, oh... I need some more graphical power. You literally just pull it out and plug in a newer, higher-end graphics card. Yeah. Everything is modular. This is crazy cool. As someone that is probably going to be buying, like, a new laptop for work in the next year, I've been debating on, like, whether I do another laptop or whatnot. I might actually just buy one of these. It seems insanely cool. They're super, super cool. And, like, I'm looking at, like, the 13 right now. 1100 bucks Canadian. That's about what I paid for my laptop when I got it, the one that I'm using right now for work. And, and modular. That would, so and that would be about the budget I would be spending for a new one. I might buy one of these because these seem, it seems really cool. They're, they're <laughs> super slick, man. And Linus daily drives one, and he loves it. And they were just at Computex, like, a week or two ago where they were introducing some new stuff and framework partnered with cooler master. So if you okay. buy a new main board, if you're like, okay, this CPU is a little older. I, I want a newer one and I want the Ryzen. You take the main board out, which is about this big. Yep. And like in the videos, you can see it takes all of like three minutes, a few fucking pull the magnet off here, pull a couple ribbon cables out, pull the main board out. Like it's super, super simple. It's not complicated. You don't need to be a repair technician to do this. And then yeah. Cooler Master has developed a self-contained case with multiple fans that is the same size as the motherboard. So the whole thing is about this big. Yeah. And it's about this thick. Yeah. And you drop your main board into there, put the case on it, attach your RAM, 
attach your M.2, which is all included in, like, you don't get it with the case, but, like, the case accommodates for the RAM and the SD card, or the, yeah. the uh, M.2 storage card. And then you just plug a power, it, it takes power via USB-C, so you plug a USB-C power into it, an HDMI out off the other side, and you have a computer that's the size of a graphics card that you can literally, like, put it on your desk and now you have a backup computer at home or you can buy the VESA mounting kit and you can mount it to the back of your monitor. Yeah. So like the idea is, is like, Hey, yeah, get yeah. the new CPU for your laptop, but don't throw the old one away, put it in this case, plug it into your fucking monitor and mount it on the back. And now you have a secondary computer. That's insanely fucking cool. Everything about this is cool as hell. Yeah. You should really watch the LTT video like the one from, I think it was like three months ago where they unveil the newest features of it and even watch the original framework video. Like it's super cool. And I love that. I absolutely love that you can pick the IO. Yep. So on the 13 inch, you get four fucking spots and you go and you pick your card, ethernet, yep. HDMI two USB C or USB a, like whatever you need, you can configure yep. that and they're hot swappable. So if you're yep. like, Oh, this is what I want one day. And then, the next day you're like, ah, shit, I wish I had another USB port. I'm not using the headphone jack right now. Pull the headphone jack out, plug the USB. Now you got another USB in there. And like the, the more I look at this, the more this is probably going to be my next work laptop because I'm like the ideal use case for swapping out ports like that where it's like when I'm at home, I want like two HDMIs for my dual monitors, but I also work remote. So like if I'm not home and working somewhere else, I maybe don't want two HDMIs, but I want something else. So mm -hmm. swap those out and away you go. Right. Yeah. So I'm probably going to buy one of these. And it's, it's not out yet, but when the 15 inch one does come out, it has six, six ports on it. So then you get six IO that you can configure on the fly to whatever you need it to be. Seeing here, when's the release date for this 16, the spring, Oh, so it's actually like this year sometime. Maybe you'll just wait for that one. Yeah, it could be a while though, because when the 13 inch first came out and they were available, the back order was pretty fucking oh, high, true. and it was true. Even though it was technically out, it was still months for several people to get the first ones. But... Right. Whereas, like right now, I look at a pre-built Intel Core. You can pre-order. Yeah, so it looks like you, even their 13s right now, are, they're for pre-order only. That must be the new 13s, are you looking the, at? The, thir the 13s, yeah, and they're the 12th and 11th gens are there just is. out of stock. Oh, yeah, out yeah. of stock, so. <laughs> uh, so I maybe need to, like, get on a wish list or something for this. But those are insanely fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And that actually kind of seems like the ideal fucking case for someone like me because like looking like i was going to start looking at replacing laptops because like the one i used for work like i had to replace the battery in it because it's that old but like i've literally had it since it was i was in university and it's still been going strong but it's like also showing its age yeah but it's i've also maintained it like i've upgraded the memory over the years and like a couple times a year i'll open it up and clean it out and make sure all the fans are still going and stuff like that but well, like you'd have to watch the video to take the to get access to like everything 
that you see in the top-down shot where you can see the battery and the main board and shit, <clears throat> that whole top plate with the keyboard is magnetic. So you literally can just lift it up, undo the ribbon cable, and then your keyboard comes off. That's it. That's how you get access. There's no fucking screws. Fuck, that's amazing. Like it's That's amazing. And everything, like even the Wi-Fi antenna and shit, you can yeah. unplug it. And everything's got a fucking QR code on it. So you can scan the QR code. It'll take you to framework and it'll say, this is what this is. This is what it does. This is how you remove it. And here are replacement parts or better, newer versions right. if you want a different fucking version. And if you actually go to the community page, or maybe it's the, oh, it's the marketplace. If you go to the marketplace, I don't know if they've gotten there yet, but their goal is because they open source all this stuff. Oh, even and, better. And they let people come and go with it is third party people who want to make like, let's say you need a U you need a serial port right? for fucking a data connection. And let's say frameworks like, well, we don't have enough interest in this. We're not going to do it. A third, someone else can... a third party company like StarTech could make that using the specs and everything. Cause framework gives everyone all that stuff. So StarTech could make that adapter and then StarTech can sell it on Amazon or they can sell it right off the framework website. Yeah. This seems awesome. This is like everything I love about a company. Open source, consumer friendly, modular. Like, yeah, yeah. it seems great. And I the, hope these guys do well. And their goal is to expand the marketplace for individual people. So let's say you have a 12th gen Intel chip and you're like, oh, I really want the AMD. I'm going to buy the AMD. And you buy the AMD but you're like, I don't really need a backup computer. I'm not going to buy a case for this. You go back onto the framework site under the fucking community marketplace and you go, hey, I just bought the AMD. I need to get rid of this 12th gen because I'm not going to use it. I'm going to let it go for this much. And you can buy it off of a verified that's uh, even, framework that's user. Even, that's even cooler to have like a, to like, yeah, that's awesome. It seems like a great company. Yeah. Like I, hope, like I said, I highly I recommend well. yeah. go watch the Linus videos where they take them apart and you'll be like, my God, like, so this is possible because you have yeah, yeah. people for years going, Oh, well we have to solder one of the sticks of Ram and we have to do this and that for space and frameworks. Like we're going to do all that, but you can take anything out at any point in time. And we're not just going to limit you to the standard stuff. Like, yeah, you can swap out your Ram and your, and your storage just like anyone else. But Hey, here you go. Swap out your keyboard. If you want your battery, that's only two plugs. You need a new screen? We got you. That's super easy. Oh, you want a new processor? Don't worry. You don't have to go buy another framework. Pull the main board out. Just buy a new main board. Yeah, this is insanely cool. I will be looking into this. Because, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I had never heard of that. But that is fucking sweet. Yeah, they're slick. I, like, I don't need a laptop. Right? Like, I have my work laptop. And I have my like MacBook laptop and then of course my main desktop. So not in the market anytime soon for a new laptop, but whenever that day comes, the next laptop I will be buying will be a framework. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought this up because like I said, as someone that's probably going to end up buying a new work laptop in the next year, it's probably absolutely going to be one of these. Yeah. They're slick. That's fucking really rad. Huh? Nifty. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm 
I've talked about how uh, I really like Ubiquity stuff before when I bought my house and I set it all up and it was super easy. I bought more cameras and it's just, it's awesome. It's um, super slick. How many are you up to now? Uh, I got two cameras and then my doorbell. So. But yeah, it's just how they have everything set up is, it couldn't be easier. I fucking love it. Yeah, no. You and get yourself a PoE switch and it's plug in and boop, cameras adopted. I didn't even go with PoE cameras. I went with some just G4 bullet wireless ones because I didn't want to run the lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my house isn't terribly big, given where my two APs are. They're fucking, they connect amazingly. Like, they're pretty much no compromises there. Like, they've just been running great. And, yeah, I just fucking shout out to Ubiquity for fucking how awesome they are. Because it's, like, enterprise-level stuff that, like, you think would be a little bit not as user-friendly. But how user-friendly it is, it's, like, fucking phenomenal. Where it's just like, hey, we saw this camera go up. Is this yours? Adopt. Hey, do you want to update? Yep. Okay, now it's just working. It's fucking great. I know, man. There's a reason that I push Ubiquity on anyone who asks about that stuff. Because it's phenomenal. It's From the very first set that I bought... However many years ago, I've been like, this is fucking amazing. It's, they very much yep. take like an Apple-esque approach to their stuff. And 100%. it's super nice. And like, I, I, I want to get another camera on top of the doorbell camera. And oh, for your front? Yeah. That kind of overlooks like the lawn and the street too. Yeah. Like that would be my, uh, my next goal. But now they have stuff like they sell their own Ubiquity monitor mm-hmm. for specifically displaying like your network stuff or your cameras and shit. But for like $30, you buy their HDMI dongle and it just plugs into the back of your monitor or a TV, gets adopted into the network setting, and you can set it up as a security screen with like your cameras in the four fucking grid and stuff. Yep. I don't need that, but I fucking want it. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up buying one of those because like, I, I, yeah, I, if anyone is even, I would even recommend Ubiquity for someone that is not tech like us because you can get like those, what the fuck are they called? The dream machines. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was like, hey, I'm looking for just a, like if your brother was like, yo, I need a router. I'd be like, buy this one. Buy this dream machine. Mm-hmm. Because you could run that interface, even though you're not super into it like us, right? Like it's like anyone, like my parents could probably run that interface, right? Yeah. It's you know, it's not, like. not super complicated. No. And it's just like, yeah, just preach to you ubiquity because they're fucking, I've had zero issues with any of their stuff since I've invested in it and anytime I add to it, it's just like, this is well. And for for me, like there's a couple of little like standout features that I didn't even use them all from day one. Some of them, I just kind of come like one of them. I didn't even come across until like a few months ago, but I absolutely love it. And it's Wi-Fi optimization. So you set a time, you pick what time you want it to do this and most people will, cause it'll down your network for about two to three minutes once it does its reconfiguration. But what it does is it takes all of your access points that are broadcasting at whatever frequencies at whatever power levels. And then it'll also scan for all the other basically wireless networks in your area and go, okay, so we've found five Wi-Fi networks that are within range and they are broadcasting on these channels 
this many fucking gigahertz at this many decibels. So we're going to reconfigure yours so that they're not on the same channel and you're not going to get interference and you're not going to get noise and then you're not going to get slow internet. I don't think I've done this and I want to do this now. So like I initially had it set up to do this at like one or two in the morning, which isn't terrible because most people don't like turn their Wi-Fi on and off. So like it'll work, but lots of people have their Wi-Fi routers where like they'll change settings based on the usage. Like if more users connect when they get home from work, then it's going to fucking, you know, be broadcasting on multiple channels. So if you have it set up during the day when everyone is using it, the Wi-Fi will go through and be like, okay, look at all these fucking channels that are causing interference and noise. We're going to go to the other ones and it'll reconfigure your network's Wi-Fi settings so that you get the least amount of interference as possible. I'm probably going to run that later today. I just got to find where it is in the settings. And then the other feature that I discovered is I have a access point that's basically underneath my bed in the master bedroom. And sure. I was having some weird problems where I couldn't get stuff to stream without buffering. So I'm like going in and I'm like, well, it says my fire TV stick is connected to this access point. The fire TV stick is mounted is in the back of the TV, which is mounted on the wall. So it's eight feet from this access point. This makes no sense. So I yep. went in there, I locked the fire stick so it would only connect to that access point. Ubiquity won't let it connect to any other access point other than that one. And then I took that specific access point. I increased the noise canceling. So it, it minimizes signal interference, but it says it reduces range. Well, that's not a problem. I only need it to connect to my phone when I'm in bed and the fire stick on the wall. So again, it only needs to go out maybe six to eight feet Beyond that, my other access points can pick up my phone if I leave the room. So I increase the noise canceling, and then you can manually set the power level. Like, how hard do you want to send out the signal? I increase the power level, increase the amount of noise cancellation, and I've had a fucking rock-solid, incredibly lightning-fast fucking signal ever since. And then I just excluded it from the daily Wi-Fi optimizations, and now yep. that router or that access point under the bed... It's just, it's a fucking rock. You walk into yep. that room, your phone connects, and you get near gigabyte speeds over Wi-Fi every time. Yep, I did that with uh, with one of my cameras. I used those similar features, is like because the one on the front of my garage, it, like the access point isn't that far, but it's going through like two garage walls, and so I like literally was like, okay. I want to make sure the signal is as good as it can be. And like did all that stuff you were talking about where it's like, all right, I'm going to lock it to this one, adjust these Wi-Fi signal settings. And like, it just made it run infinitely better than it was before. So it's like, yeah. And the best feature that I use the most is they have a secondary app called Wi-Fi man. Is which... that their, it's their wire guard, right? Well, so Wi-Fi man is basically to get like a, a heat map almost of like the different signals in your house to give you an idea. Like if you want a visual representation of the Wi-Fi noise going through your house, you can use Wi-Fi man for that. But one of the backend features of Wi-Fi man is it allows you to turn on and off the ubiquity teleport feature. Yeah. Which and, is WireGuard. Yeah. And that to me is invaluable because like I've, I've used WireGuard and OpenVPN a couple times and it's always hit or miss. It'll work great for a month and then crater and not work. Whereas right. Ubiquity's teleport, I open up Wi-Fi man, I hit the teleport button. 
I pick my home network, turn it on. It takes like three seconds, goes, yeah, connection good. And now I'm tunneled into my home network. So if I need to add a TV show to a list or anything like that, it's like 10 seconds and a couple of clicks on my phone. And I'm fully in my network as if I'm sitting at home and I've had this work all over the fucking world. Yeah. I, I've used it before. I use my wire guard has been rock solid. So I have it set up that basically when I'm not on my network at home, I just auto triggers and I'm just on it all the time. So it just, it's like an on-demand switch where it's like, Hey, if you're not on your home network, you are, and you're not right. So mm -hmm. yeah, Same for me, WireGuard would drop on me all the time. I'd go to turn it on and it'd be like, it would say it was connected, but then I would try to open network specific stuff like sonar or radar. And it's like, we can't sure. connect. Sure. Sure. That actually kind of leads into another thing I put on here, which is the beauty of local networks. So the other day I had like a seven hour internet outage, but you want to know what the nice part about ubiquity stuff is and the home NAS and setting up Plex so that even if you don't have internet, it still works. Cause everything still worked. Yeah. You can just carry on with your life. Yeah. It was great. Like my internet was out for seven hours and I was like, I was actually watching something on prime video, the, the OC, cause I didn't want to download it, but and yeah, it just stopped and I was like, well, shit. I was like, well, opened up Plex and I was like, hey, there's all my stuff. But on the TV show, it was like, cool. My camera still recorded everything. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Having, like it's... having <laughs> a, a router that's got a built-in NVR drive, like, yeah, it's, it's super fantastic that if I lose fucking internet, I can still, it still yeah. records everything. And were you like me, probably put in a huge drive in there? Because we're data hoarders, like I think I can. I think I have up to like 150 days <laughs> of continuous recording that I can have. Yeah, I, I think I get more than that. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head what drive I put in there, but like I thought I had a fuck ton of days in there. Like I have to look now because I don't remember. I'm looking at mine and I have it's a storage capacity 145 days for mine. I think I put I think I put a six or an eight terabyte in there. Let's see. Unify protect. Uh okay. Hundred and eleven days. Okay, so it's probably similar to mine then. Yeah, I put a Which ten, is... I put a ten terabyte in there. Maybe that's what I did too. Yeah, I've got 111 days, 22 hours, and 51 minutes of uh, storage capacity with two cameras. Yeah. But yeah, beauty of uh, local network stuff. And like the internet was out, but like I have for Home Assistant, like I have all my locks set up. So like I don't use keys anymore. Like I just open up Home Assistant and hit a button and the door unlocks. Yes, I am also but, set up that way. But it, like that still worked because like, hey, guess what? It's all... It's all local. I was like, <laughs> that all worked. I opened one of my doors and the automation that goes through the house telling me a door was open fucking still triggered. I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the process of testing to try and set it up to geofence so that when I walk up, like pull my truck in and pull up to my house, it disarms the alarm and unlocks the back door and then have it set up. So when the wife pulls up to the front, Disarm the alarm, unlock the front door automatically. I've thought, 
I thought about playing around with that. One thing I actually thought about too that I want to fuck. I want to start fucking around with NFC tags because, uh, like, I think I saw. I think it was on a subreddit one day. Someone had like just an NFC tag in their vehicle, where as soon as they pulled into their driveway, they just hit it with their phone and their door unlocked or their garage opened or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's also really cool. Like to just be able to just swipe your phone with an NFC tag. So, yeah. The more I look at like all the the stuff I run, like servers, home assistant stuff, like if it doesn't work local, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, that's fair. Have you seen the Home Assistant Blue USB chip yet? No. I think uh, it's called. Yeah, I have to look it up. So, like, I bought an AOTech Z Wave stick. I think so, we have the same one. So that I can do all the all the Z Wave stuff. Yep. Home Assistant. I think it's called Blue Sky. There's a I dongle bl- you can. Sky Connect. There you go. It's called Home Assistant Sky Connect. And it's just a tiny little blue USB dongle, but it gives you... Um, Sky Connect? Yeah. If you just look up Sky Connect Home Assistant, it's twenty nine ninety nine, and it adds Zigbee and Thread. Oh. So then you can, Interesting. you can run all three protocols if you want. I'll probably end up buying that because it's handy. Yes, I will be as well. Especially I've, I've if we ever actually start getting thread devices. Yeah. But it's nice that... Because they used to sell it and it was just a Zigbee stick. But then they right. updated it and they re-released it recently where now you get thread support for Matter as well as Zigbee. So you right. buy an AOTech stick. You buy one of these SkyConnect sticks for 29 bucks, And now all of the fucking home protocols you can use. I've been trying to stick with the Z-Wave for everything. <clears throat> so have I. Just there's, cause it, there's just because it creates the uh, mesh network, right? So it's super handy. So does but, so does Zigbee, but Zigbee doesn't yeah. have the same level of security, and it has what is it more range but less nodes, or more nodes but less range? I can't remember. Like Z-Wave is the best standard of all of them. Yep. But Z-Wave lights are super fucking expensive, whereas Zigbee lights are not. So if you wanted to do smart lights throughout your entire house, if you were willing to go down and use the Zigbee standard instead of the Z-Wave, it'll still make a fucking mesh in your house and you'll be able to get twice the amount of lights for the same fucking price. Is that for the bulbs or the switches? For the bulbs. Like, I'm just talking oh, okay. Zigbee bulbs. Because uh, Like, I'm... right now we run Philips Hue bulbs, which is nice, and the bridge connects and it does everything in Home Assistant, and it all works, and I can control everything from Home Assistant. But the Philips bulbs are a hundred bucks for a fucking three pack or whatever. Whereas I've been on sites where I've seen like multicolor LED bulbs that are Zigbee compatible for like five bucks a bulb, ten bucks a bulb. I, be- I believe the IKEA ones are actually, I think they're Zigbee, because I remember there was a thread where people were saying, "Hey, actually, IKEA is actually low key. If you look into their home automation line, it's actually low key a really good mm-hmm. way of doing it." Because I was originally going, <clears throat> I was not going to do bulbs. I was just going to do LED bulbs and then do the actual switches. But maybe I'll reconsider that now. The switches, you're telling me switches are expensive. That's the they problem. are, which is why I haven't done it yet. Well, that's why I haven't done a whole lot. A and then lot you have to the... actually like kill power in your fucking house to like make sure they're wired properly. Like I feel mm-hmm. you, but like. 
for the amount that like one switch costs, I can go and get five or six bulbs plus some kind yep. of presence detector. There's that one yep. YouTuber who's all about home assistance and he basically created a presence detector that's like this fucking big. And now oh, he's nice. mass manufacturing and selling it for like 15 or 20 bucks. Oh, and nice. the presence detectors, you can just go on to different sites and 3d print different cases so that you can mount them on walls or stick them to this or place them on there. So like my train of thought was one day when I had more time and money was to get me a Zigbee stick, get some Ikea bulbs, get some of these presence detectors. And then you yep. walk into a room and the light turns on. If yep. it doesn't detect anything in the room for 30 seconds, the light goes off and like <laughs> fully fucking automate all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I might look into stuff like that, too, because it's, like, that's also why I haven't committed to a handful of, like, smart home stuff is because, like, I'm still, like, trying to figure out what exactly I want to do because I don't want to, like, install a bunch of shit and then go, like, oh, fuck, that's actually not really what I wanted. And mm. now I have to, like, fucking replace my housing switches, and it's like, oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I've, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want my smart home to be and how extensive I want to get with it, too. Yeah, well, I so, don't... I can only assume that you're part of the home assistant subreddit. Yeah. So there's an app you can get that you take pictures of your house mm -hmm. and then the app turns it into a top down view of your house. And then you can import that into home assistant for your display. So it'll be a top down shot of your entire upper floor. And then you put the bulbs in the position of this picture where they are in the actual room. So if you have like a tablet mounted on your wall, like I do, you can click the top view of the floor and then you can tap the lights where they actually are in the room and the lights will turn on. Like sure. That's on my list of things I want to do. Yeah. There's a lot of things I want to do with home assistant, but it's, a, it's the time for time and money calculation <laughs> that you, yeah. that I seemingly run into now that I own a house where it's like, all right, where's my time and effort going to go? And sometimes smart home gets the bottom of the list. Yeah, that's fair. Like I've been meaning to set up, it's like lock manager or it's like the program inside home assistant where you can like set up people and codes. Oh yeah. 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 For the lock. And right now, like I have a really hacked together way to set the lock that I have no idea really how I got it to work, but it works. <laughs> well, it's my big concern when I saw this is like, I saw there was a community around it. So I'd be able to get help. Yeah. But I did not realize until I, fully adopted this system and went headfirst into the community. Like how I knew that it was obviously still getting community driven updates, but like every month they release a pretty big update and every month they fix a lot of stuff, make it easier to use. Like the, like it's the level of active development in this app is far more than I thought it ever was or ever would be. I always just figured there would be some like, updates here and there and some guys in their free time would contribute to helping fix a few things. But like every month I see the new fucking home assistant release update notes and it's like, Hey, here's 55 more things that we added. Oh, by the way, we made this simpler and now you don't have to do this. And we added this visual thing. So you don't have to write any code for this. And then we added recipes and like, they're making big, big fucking oh, leaps on a regular basis. Totally. I, Home Assistant has impressed me from the get-go. Like, from the moment I started it out, I was able to make 
an automation, like three automations right off the bat with no knowledge. I didn't look up a single video. Just like as soon as I went into Home Assistant, I was like, automations, click. And I was able to just, and this is partly because we're tech nerds, but like I was able to literally just like fumble my way through automations. And like I made three the first day that just worked. And I yeah. was like, it's kind of, I didn't have to write code or anything. Like I was literally just using the drop downs. Did it take me some trial and error to f- figure it out? Yeah, totally. But like right now, I can go in and make most automations for what I want mm-hmm. pretty easily. Like it's way more user friendly than I thought it would. Yeah. It's and, but but it also nice. has that tech thing where you can get super into the code. And like if you want to do something insanely complex, you can seek that out and go do that too. Right. But yeah. But yeah, I didn't think it would be as good. And same thing, like updates that actually do stuff. You know, I think this year they're saying they're doing a bunch of voice stuff. Yeah, I want to say they're working really hard on voice assistant and like self-contained, so that you can use whatever speakers you have. And there was one. Oh man, I just saw it was listed, and I don't remember who makes it. I think it was off of Spark Fun. It's like a tablet screen about this big, like it's right. slightly bigger than a pack of gum, I would say. Right. And it's got a presence detector in it, a microphone, a small speaker, and it's designed to be programmed to yourself. And a bunch of guys from the home assistant community were buying these up because they're 39 bucks. Right. It's cheap. And then you can self-host your own AI voice assistant and have it directed through this display. So like, instead of, you know, walking around and saying, hey, G word or hey, Siri, you can walk around and be like, Jarvis, what's the weather today? And these tiny little custom screens will fucking show you the weather and the voice that you programmed will fucking talk to you. And it'll all be self-contained. So like it won't be cloud-based Google services. It'll be every inquiry you have will be searched from your own home, from your own network, like total privacy. I want that. Do you remember what it was called? I don't. I'll see if I can find it. that sounds exactly what i want out of home automation i like i the dream always like when i started looking into home automation was like and i think this is probably everyone at some levels like we saw iron man we want jarvis right like that's what everyone wants right Mm -hmm. i want a jarvis that that can fucking talk to me and if i go like hey how long is my commute you know on this winter day it pulls data from ways and is like yeah it's gonna take you 50 minutes instead of 45 and tells me because like yeah that sounds and for 39 bucks like that sounds like a fucking steal yeah it wasn't bad i was like fucking god should i buy some of these and i was like no like i have other stuff i need to fucking figure out first before i start adding this shit like it's on my list but there's a couple features i want to add first and foremost like the geo fencing for the alarm and the doors would be really nice that's high on the list and i want I want some of those power monitoring so that I, one of them is just a plug that I can plug my dryer into the one or the one for the washer. Cause the washers like takes way more fucking current. You have to actually get like a specialized piece, but I want those in there. So when the washer and dryer are going, it'll mark its power consumption. And when they tell you it's done and when that power consumption drops, it'll notify you and go, Hey, dishwasher's looked, done. Hey, I looked washer's at that. done. I looked at that too, and a lot of people also do vibration sensors for that. 
Yeah, it's, I, it's like I a cheaper alternative way, but it's, but it's also not as good. Yeah, right? it's super hit and miss. Because I was thinking about trying that as like a cheap alternative, but I also had given that as a, a thought as a cheaper alternative. Must have been in Home Assistant. I'll find it eventually here, but yeah, it was pretty nifty. Yeah, the just Home Assistant is continues to impress. Yeah, big fan. It's only it's, gonna get better. Like as much as we have hit or miss experiences with all the weird tech shit that we roll, Home Assistant is actually one that like, not to say it doesn't ever have issues. Like, there's definitely certain times where stuff. An update will fucking break my speakers or something dumb, but, but yeah. Yeah, I would say the most problems that I have aren't even Home Assistant's fault. Like at one point, Google pushed out an update because I have um, Google Homes and like That's Google Minis all over the house. Like there, yeah. every single room has at least one, and they're super convenient for a fuck ton of things but at one point google pushed out some kind of update and it slightly changed the naming convention of it so the automate i have an automation right now so anytime the front door the back door or a window gets opened it plays a little chime yep. Lin Lindsay likes to hear the chime when a door opens but when google pushed out this update and it slightly changed the naming convention it broke all of those so you could open the door and you wouldn't hear anything so i had to come back in go what the fuck re-add all of the Google speakers that I want to make this sound into a group inside the Google Home app, then go into Home Assistant and say, okay, play this chime when door opens through this group of speakers. I did do that exact same thing for that exact same update, and I want to say we bitched about it on this very podcast when it happened. It was... Because, yeah, it was fucking dumb as shit. It was, it was like, annoying. fuck you, Google. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Home Assistant is great. The only thing I don't like... And the only thing I don't use it for is viewing security cameras because it like, I've never gotten it to have like an instantaneous live feed. When I open home assistant, it's always on some sort of a delay or always takes a few minutes for it to like get somewhat of a live feed. So I tend to use the ubiquity apps for all of that, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I have them so I can still see them because it plays, it refreshes like every second kind of thing. But yeah, I, yeah. Like if my doorbell rings, I, most of the time just look at my phone but i haven't set it up yet but i would like to set it up because you can project to nvidia shields because they have chromecast built in so i've seen automations where if someone rings the doorbell it'll take that feed project it to the chromecast on the tv so if the wife and i are upstairs and we're watching a movie and someone rings the doorbell instead of us pulling open our phone sliding it to unlock and then looking Whatever we're watching is just going to change to the front door camera. As soon as someone rings that doorbell, we'll immediately see who's there. And I think you can set that up to where it's it doesn't replace what you're watching, but it'll do picture in picture. That so would like be even just, handier. I w I want to say I've seen someone do. I I could be wrong or talking out of my ass here, but I want to say I saw someone set up where it was just like as they were watching a movie, it was just like a picture in picture thing where it was just like a small square came on the right top of their TV and showed who was there. Oh, yeah. I'd have, have to, to look, look into, into it to see if it's actually a thing or if that's just some, something I'm dreaming of. But, but yeah, Home Assistant's great. Mm -hmm. Which, like, running into that whole <clears throat> train of topic, 
you've already used Tatui, but I just started using it, and I fucking yep. absolutely love it. It's a great diagnostics tool for Plex. If anyone, like, I'm, I'm not using it right now. Like, if you ever need to diagnose something, it's super handy. Like, and I'm pretty, remember when I had, like, it was like six months of, like, nonstop Plex issues? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was because where I was living beforehand, and I want to say it was just everything was fixed when I actually got good internet. <laughs> network, back, like, good internet and good network backbone stuff, like, with Ubiquity and all of that. Like, I'm pretty sure all of that has been fixed, but I want to say that, like, when I was trying to figure out what was going on, that app was so good for Plex. Like, you could finite go into so many details and troubleshoot and fuck around. The one that I haven't fucked around with yet, but I'd like to before I go back to work, is there's two apps that fundamentally do the same thing, just different layouts. One's called Homer, one's called Seer. And the Homer one basically lets you make a front page, your web browser, that'll display everything. So you can set it up where at the top it'll tell you the weather, but it'll also tell you what your server CPU usage and RAM usage is. It'll tell you what storage is left on every drive that's connected to that computer. And then you have like another subcategory below that, which will show you everything that is happening on your Plex, what's going on with your sonar, radar, NZB. And then below that you can have quick launch buttons for youtube and other sites that you basically visit so the idea is you set this as your default homepage. you open up your browser and there's all of your server information in one spot and clicking any one of them will take you to that appropriate fucking docker container web gui i've seen that before and i haven't set it up but I've, it's been on the list of like i kind of want to see that mm-hmm. it looks pretty I cool you, i thought you were going to use one of those one of those has user request management in it yeah i thought I don't about know. it but because i was gonna say are you gonna go down the road of letting people add stuff no, i'm not good call good call good call because yeah uh it, like i looked into that and i was like i don't think that's something you want no <laughs> no it's and i don't get too many requests so it's just easier for someone to text me that's fair that's fair but the one that I did start fucking around with, which has been my absolute favorite right now, and there's alternatives to it that will let you do this like within Plex, but this is just okay. the easiest method. It's called DizQTV. Okay. So you download the app, and they have Android and iOS apps as well as Android TV apps. So like I downloaded it on my Fire Stick. You launch the app. It says, okay, let's connect this to your Plex server. So you log into your Plex server, and then it'll say, all right, Do you want full customization or do you want partial? You click partial. It's going to scan through your entire Plex library and then it's going to make TV channels. So I have like an an FXX TV channel, a Fox TV channel. So anything in my library that's made by Fox shows up on this TV channel. So you actually set this up. So then, yeah, but then you can also set up your own custom channels. So like I made my own TV channel that's called background favorites where I put the office, Brooklyn nine, nine, and it runs like a TV guide. When you open it up, it looks like a TV guide and the cursor actually moves and it shows you everything that's playing on every channel. But until you click one of those, it doesn't actually start transcoding or anything in fucking Plex. It's just showing you timestamps and you click on it and it goes, okay, it's nine forty right now. So this channel you're clicking on this TV show is 10 minutes in. And it'll skip ahead to 10 minutes into the fucking TV show on Plex and then stream it through the app. 
Okay. So like when I go to bed, I just want to have background shows on before I sleep. So I go to my background channel and depending on if it's 9.30 on the dot or if it's quarter to 10 or whatever, it'll play that episode as if it's actually on TV at that fucking point. And it's just a hard? mixture of shit. Was this hard to set up or was it super easy? It took all of two minutes. It couldn't have been easier. Okay, fuck. I'm, I was totally waiting for you to do this so that I could do it. Because <laughs> I know you've talked about it before. Yeah, easiest thing in the fucking world. Hmm. Two minutes. Virtually minimal effort was applied to it. And I set it all up on the Fire TV stick. Like the app. I downloaded the app. I opened the app on Fire TV. Logged into Plex. Let it scan my library. Went add a custom channel. And left all the channels it already made. Oh, so you didn't even do this on the NAS? Nope. Really? All it does is scan your Plex library and make pseudo fake TV channels based on what's in your Plex library. And then it'll play, whatever you click on, it'll play that from your Plex. So even though you have 100 channels, none of that shit is actually playing on Plex until you click it and play it. Oh, so this isn't in Plex. It's its own app that yes. connects to Plex. Okay. I've, I thought you were doing this within the Plex no, TV there's, channel. I can't, uh, no, okay. I can't remember what app that's called, but I looked at that one. But then you'd have to go into Plex, go to Plex Live TV. This one's just its own Android app. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Well, that's even easier then. Mm -hmm. I... I am actually going to really set this up because I totally thought this was like an add-on in Plex container type thing that you set up. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to set that up. Yeah. What else we got here? Nintendo being Nintendo. Yeah. I don't I don't have a whole lot to say on that topic. It doesn't surprise me. Nintendo's being fucking Nintendo. It, but it seems like I want to say this is stemmed because they use a specific key. That's what I keep hearing. And I get which, that. But if you yeah. own a Wii, you should be able to emulate a Wii. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And then, yeah. So, Nintendo's being Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And then that uh, ROG Ally came out. And I don't think there's much to say to this other than it seems like a decent product. Yeah, it looks good. The one point that I saw when someone was on one of the subreddits asking which should I buy, the one person commented was like, hey, you can buy either, you can't go wrong, but you need to understand two fundamental differences. Asus is making their money off the hardware. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything beyond that because yep. there's nothing for them to do. You buy it, they've made their money, that's all the care they get. So you're not going to get the updates, whereas the Steam Deck, they sell it at cost so that you'll buy Steam games. So it yep. is within Steam's best interest to make sure that that Steam Deck stays optimized and running perfectly. Yeah, and the common complaints with the RG Ally seems to be a battery life, which makes sense. Higher resolution screen, more powerful and software so mm -hmm. it's like are you gonna get you know a steam deck like software eh, maybe with a few updates are they gonna is that on the top of their priority probably not mm -hmm. right so it's like i was just happy that it came out and it seems to be like hey it actually works and is actually a decent product yeah like for the most part like it seems like people are now giving handhelds love and i'm happy so 
Yeah, I agree. I don't really have much else to say on that. Me neither. Maybe this is where we'll end it. Sounds good. <laughs> Later. Peace.